do you ever respond to those people? Just be like, thank you. I appreciate that. Have a nice day. Much on love the, to you. Um, sometimes on the podcast. Do you? I did a, I, we did a show with Dan Bailey, and there were like 200 comments, and I'd say 190 of them were that I was a fucking complete asshole to him. <laughs> so then Dan and I went through and read them all. <laughs> show on that. I actually enjoy... Um, not that I enjoy getting into it. I don't get into it with people on Twitter or social media, but I enjoy sort of taking the high road and like that comment, like, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hope you're having a great day. Yeah. And right. we're, we're, like, what are they going to do to that? You know? Thank you for thinking of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your thoughts. Thank you for sharing. Hope you have a pleasant day. Do you, do you have, did you ever watch Mad Men? No, I did not. Well, there's a scene that the main character was in an elevator and, and he was with one of, someone who works for him, someone lower down in the business. And he's, and he's like going off on his boss, right? He just, for some reason, grown a set of balls in the elevator. He's like, you piece of shit and you did this and you did this and you're just, just disgraced to humanity. And I think, and I think, and I think, and I think. And then the elevator doors open and as the boss walks out, yeah. he goes, I never think of you. <laughs> you know, guys yeah. like, I think this about you. I think this about you. Like, yeah. Squashed. Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Seven, I'm pumped for this. Is that how you say it? Sevon? Sevon. Sevon. You say it better than most. Say my name, Eric. Sevon. Wow. Most people say Sevon. Sevon. It's, it's Sevon. Sevon. When, it's probably kind of like you, you like if people if I, did i say it right oh uh, you did perfect you kind of said it with a little mexican accent too like That's we were, all I like it. we were in the barrio um you know california has a ton of mexicans so whenever i i meet mexicans i'll be like hi i'm seven they'll be like oh esteban nice to meet you because you know that's what they <laughs> yeah, yeah. esteban yeah. I'm like, all right i'm esteban today esteban i'll take a kilo i'm supposed to say hi from uh jp mr brick himself yeah Hi. He texted me this morning and he said, make sure to say hi to everybody. Hi, JP. He was having some issues with his uh, open registration for his 216 members who registered for the open in Los Angeles. Was he? And so he sent me a text the other day. Mm -hmm. We expedited the fixing of it. Mm -hmm. I assume I you registered for the open? Yes, I did. But I missed the first one. Kara. Kara Brooks. Wait, what did you call him? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. You don't have to call you coming him. in here? You don't have to call him Mr. Like. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, please don't call That's me Mr. Like. Huh? Was it Kara again? Kara. Kara, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, I missed 18 1 because we were in Sun, we were in Idaho at a seminar, my wife and I were, and the CrossFit box didn't open early enough for me to work out there. So I was working out at this other gym. Was that the Tony Robbins thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, and their rower was up a flight of, their pull-up bar was downstairs. The rower was up a flight of stairs and over a room. And there was no way, the, the stairs were like this wide. And I was like, there's no way this guy's going to let me haul this thing down here. Anyway, so I was supposed to do it when I got back to LA. Our plane, when it landed, broke a seal, broke down. It took us nine hours, got back to LA at 8 p.m. So I missed... Are I was, whole, I was disqualified in oh, 18-1 on my first ever open. Disqualified. The, the whole time, are you thinking, oh, shit, I hope I can get back in time to do the open. I hope I can get back in time yeah, to do the open. Yeah, I wanted to do it, yeah. Especially that one lined up well for me. You've done two podcasts before. In 2012 and in 2016. 
What ones were those? You did, um, there's one I saw on the internet called Cabby. Cabby, yeah, I remember that. I didn't even know what a podcast was. I think that was 2012. Yeah. It was, he, is, was he a friend of yours? Yes, yeah, he's a great friend of mine. Yeah, he's, he's sort of a, the top sports reporter in Canada. Okay. Yeah. Cabby. Cabby. Cabby on the street. Cabral. He, he was trying to get you to talk about some risque shit, and you were like, how about we just go out and have a beer and do that? That's, <laughs> it's disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure you won't do anything like that today. As Matt, <laughs> as Matt knows, everything on the internet lives forever. What, yeah, doesn't go away. What was what was the other one? 2016. Um, the other one, I don't remember. I don't even remember the um, title of the podcast. They're both on Apple on iTunes. We, um, Brooks, you played in the NHL for how many years? Uh, great question. Thank you. I don't even know. 14, I think. 12. Well, Damn. We that was closer to two decades. 13. 776 we're, we're games. 18. I don't even know that. It is, you did. You played 776 <laughs> games. Okay. Wow. Only 4% of the players in the NHL actually make it to 1,000 games. 5% of the players quit. Sorry. Probably it's not quit. 5% of the players only play one game. Huh? Huh. I know jack shit about hockey. That's all I learned. How many times you rehearsed that in front of Haley last night? My, <laughs> Are we doing this? Is this on? Oh, my, what's happening? Has this started? Only if you want it to. It's your oh, world. I didn't know. I'm here. It's officially started. <laughs> okay. He's also 6'2", 196. 196? Are you kidding Sorry, me? Brooks, how about we tell you a little more about yourself today? <laughs> Wikipedia, you're wrong. Brooks, Did I get that in kilograms? We had, um, we had a 21-year-old girl come in here. That alone made me nervous because that's like a child to me. I don't ever mm -hmm. talk to anyone who's 21 years old. And then she had bulimia. And we did a podcast with her, and that made me nervous because it's not a subject I know about. Mm -hmm. But I felt more comfortable having her in here and talking about bulimia than I do about having an NHL player in here. Like, I'm like, why? Because I know nothing about hockey. I don't even know anything about Canada. I've never seen a puck, a stick, a fucking. <laughs> I read about you in hockey and watched it for three hours last night, and I'm still like, I don't know shit. That's all right, but that's how I felt coming into CrossFit. Okay, good. Kara, um, this is her first show back um, since she had ridicule on YouTube. Um, she had her first. True. Usually, no one says shit about her, and recently, people are mean. Uh, recently, someone made a comment about her on YouTube, <coughs> telling her to stop interrupt. Only Matt and I should be interrupting mm -hmm. the guests. Oh, I'll be silent no. over here. Please right. don't. Whoa, that's my job. <laughs> if you're wearing a shirt without sleeves, you can talk. That's just a general rule. <laughs> when you. When you when I when I when I'm walking around the halls with you here for the ten minutes we've known each other for ten minutes mm -hmm. twenty minutes, um, the things that you talked about you know that were CrossFit related was about intensity and going hard and different levels of fitness for different people and how big the games have gotten. But for you, what I've seen on the internet is CrossFit was and is. Um, a health choice yeah. first, and a um, and and something else second. Maybe scratching a competitive itch. Is that true? Uh, I'd say that's very close. Uh, first and foremost in my life, what I value most is health. 
So that's what I move towards every single day. As soon as I wake up, that's even before. I mean, it goes back to even the sleep that I have the night before. Um, if you are healthy, you are capable of anything is what I believe. So I need to make sure of that first and foremost. And I want to live till I'm 150, 180 years old. I want to live a long time, which sounds insane. Mm -hmm. But you need to be healthy to do that. Um, the only insane part is that you want to live to 150. The part you want to live a long time, that part's perfectly <laughs> perfect. That's We're all in tune. Um, That's a reasonable goal. Yes. But the it's also my form of expression. So it's, it's the competitive outlet. It's the expression that I need in the course of a day. Some people express themselves. My wife, for example, dances, or somebody draws or plays music. That's how they express themselves. Intense physical activity is the way I express myself. That's how I feel alive, and I did that through years of playing professional hockey. And especially now that I'm not playing professional hockey, I still need, in order to feel normal, and actually in order to feel alive and be in my peak state, I need that physical expression, that intense physical expression. And it's even way better when it's married with human interaction, which is CrossFit. So which is why CrossFit, at this point in my life, is really a savior for me. Mm -hmm. Having transitioned out of hockey, I now have another place to replace and repurpose that competitiveness and also that expression in a community atmosphere. You played uh, 16 games with the Kings in this season, yeah. in the season that's currently going. Yeah. And, and from what I'm hearing in your voice is you're done. Probably, yeah. Um, when you say probably, what does that mean? Uh, it means I haven't come around to saying the words I've retired yet. Gotcha. Yeah. It's got to be tough words to say. Um, I mean, it took MJ like four times to finally retire. Yeah, I just don't know. So here's the thing. It's not like my desire to stop playing or to play hockey has fallen at all. Mm. My desire to play, actually, you appreciate and love the game more every single day. You literally find a way to love it more, and you're so more grateful for it every mm. single day. Um, the only thing is I my desire to not be away from my wife and to be around my wife is greater than my desire to play hockey. Mm -hmm. And for the last four years, we've done coast-to-coast, long-distance, and we wouldn't see each other. Due to her schedule and my schedule, there'd be like 35 days where we wouldn't see each other in a row. I'd take a red-eye flight from Toronto after a Saturday night game <coughs> and take a red-eye just to see her for 10 hours and take a red-eye back to just make it in time for oh, practice man. Monday morning. Yeah, and, and so what's, you know, what's life really about? Right. I could pursue a hockey opportunity somewhere else, but my wife and I don't want to do long distance anymore. And so once the Kings released me, um, sort of the writing is on the wall a little bit, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, you are, you're showing me a thing. <laughs> you are in love. You betcha, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I'm like, look how big that is. Yeah. I'm, I was studying you last night. I'm like, this guy is fucking in love. Yeah, just, I'm very fortunate. I have an amazing wife. Is this the first woman you've ever been in love with? Yes, 100%. Undeniable. How long have you guys been together? Uh, four years, a little over four years. So we started dating in February of 2014. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, there she is. That's how, a good shot. Um, how do you – did you ever think you were in love before? No, not even close, man. And here's how I relate. This might sound silly and ridiculous, but like I knew at the second that I was born, whatever, I knew that hockey, I loved hockey. That was, it was a given. I absolutely loved the sport. No questions asked. And I never felt that way about anybody the rest of my life. So it sounds weird, but it sort of everybody was compared to that. Like, do I love them like I love that? Mm -hmm. And then when I met my wife, the first day I met my wife, I felt that and I was like, oh, this is 
this is awesome. I remember she said something like that in the the feature that we put up in cro- on the journal. Yes. yes. She said something She's like She's aware of that, she right? She was very aware. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so, Kara, you're, you're done. Okay. All right. Sorry. That's it. You're done. <laughs> He's so rude. <laughs> oh, we've only begun. <laughs> I can go now. Kara, I can hear you breathing. <laughs> At 2 years old, who put those skates on you? Uh, my parents. And why did your parents put skates on you at two? Because there's nothing else to do in town. Okay. Really. Um, I don't know. It was just what you did. It was just sort of a lot of a lot of my life wasn't by choice. It was just by design. You are who you are, but for the grace of God a little bit. Uh, that's what my dad used to say. Um, and it's just where I was born. I was actually on, like, my mom had my sister out on the ice at two and I think I was five months old, and she would just leave me sit on the ice, <laughs> kind of thing. Like, with with skates on? No, not with okay. skates on at that age. But what when in Canada, what you have is when because when you're two years old, you, there's no point in having skates. All you have are these little they're called bobsled skates. So it's two blades, and it just has a Velcro thing that goes over your boots. And then kids, you just put these on the bottom of kids' boots, and they just basically walk around hmm. on ice. And but at the age of two, you're learning about balance and just mm-hmm. to be it's comfortable like, it's on like, ice. It's like daycare in Canada. Yeah, put yeah. Get out there and come back. <laughs> in and a few hours. and dude, that's honestly what it is. I mean, it's seven. It's Saskatchewan. It's seven months of winter a, a year. Hmm. I mean, the rink is the best babysitter. If you want your kids to be not terrorizing your house and release that energy <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> you just take them to the rink, drop them off. And Did boom. you have a rink in your backyard? No, we didn't have one in the backyard, but the rink was. Um, three blocks from my house. So I would just walk to the rink. When I was 12 years old, I had a key to the rink. <laughs> so I would go to the rink, open the rink, and I'd go skating before school, and then I'd go to school, and then I'd come home, go skating after school. Like I, I copied, my dad was uh, was on the rink board and everything, and I just took his key. The rink board. <laughs> This is a true story. I took my dad's senior member of the community. I took his key to the, to the local key copier, maker guy, whatever, got it copied, and I had my own key at the age of Without 12. telling him? <laughs> Didn't tell him, yeah. I did Ooh. that in high school. I took my PE teacher's keys, <laughs> copied them Same all. Thing. Yeah. No, term, yeah. Did those yeah. say, like, do not duplicate on them. It There's doesn't no matter. Way. They don't care. Trust me. They're, oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they did all say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would go to the gym, uh, the, the gymnasium every Saturday and Sunday night. And yeah. like play, I'd, I'd play badminton. Do I love badminton. <laughs> you do like badminton? Yeah, we played everything growing up, my hometown. Um, Kara, do you know how to ice skate? Mm-hmm. Do you not ice game it? Yeah, no, I don't. I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so right there. So so at two years old, you have these things that are like ice skates um, on your feet. You're yeah. you're on you're in the rink. Yeah. And then at eight years old, you make the proclamation that you're one day you're going to play in the Stanley Cup. I don't even know. I probably did that even younger. I always told my parents I was like, I'm going to play on that TV. You're going to be able to watch me on that TV. Um, but it was, it, I don't know. It's not like it's, it, it was the only thing I knew, man. It was just in the cards, mm-hmm. you know? And trust me, my dad, my parents almost tried to sway me out of it, not sway me out of it, but make me realize the rest of it. My dad was a principal. He wanted me to get a scholarship out of hockey. Education was very important to him. And he's like, well, what if you get hurt? And I'm like, don't worry, dad, I'm going to make the pros. I'll rehab it. I'll figure it out. I'm going to make it. <laughs> he's like, well, you could get an education. And anyway, when I was 16, I had scholarships to Div- division one colleges um colorado denver boss wherever the heck they were i can't even remember but i had to write my sat in order to go to see these colleges in order to accept a scholarship and mm-hmm. i deliberately did not write my sat so i could never go see these colleges so i could never take a, a scholarship mm-hmm. and go 
the fast track to the pros. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't college kind of, I don't want to say a death sentence, but like it's not the route you want to take to get to the pros. No, well, it's, it's actually an amazing development system. College and you get an education for free. It's actually amazing, but I wanted the fast track. So mm-hmm. Matt was 100% wrong? Um, no, <laughs> not on. No. The only thing I no. know about collegiate hockey is the Frozen Four. It's probably the only yeah. thing I really watch. College hockey is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, I didn't want to spend four years in college. I wanted to go to pro right now. Um, and even till I was like 30, even like my dad was like, you should take some summer classes and mm-hmm. some, he, you know, he always pushed the education, mm-hmm. but I always wanted to play hockey, man. And at mm-hmm. 17, you started playing at the pro level. Uh, 19 started. 17 got drafted to the professional, to the NHL. Okay. And then at 19, I turned pro. What do you do in those two years? You're drafted. By the way, speaking of the draft, you're drafted 193rd yep. in the sixth round. Yep. Doesn't that mean that you should have just been one and done? Like, that's not good, right? Uh, well, that's not good. But here's the thing. And I tell this to parents, hockey parents, any sports parents that I meet. It's your kid doesn't have to be the best one on the team today. He doesn't have to be. He just needs to get better every day. Mm-hmm. So, there, you know, there's a lot of teams that I wasn't the best player on, but I repeatedly improved, daily improved, and I got better and I climbed the ranks. Yeah, it's crazy. Same you, thing there. You were making shit money and, and having mediocre, um, by shit money, I mean compared to your colleagues, and having mediocre years until late into your career, and then you kind of just exploded, right? No, no, my right, like 2012. I mean, you'd are. I mean, that's no, 2011? my f- my f- well, yeah, it's just, it's just. I know it wasn't shit of, money then, yeah. by the way. I'm talking relative to. Well, if you compare it to, you know, compared like to what somebody, you made in the end of your career. Yeah, but I mean that has to be earned, right? So it's difficult to do that at the start, and also there are provisions within the collective bargaining agreement that don't give the young people a lot of power that has shifted mm-hmm. a little bit but when i first entered the league you got paid at the age of 30 it was the first time you had unrestricted free agency which means wow. i held the leverage okay so that now has shifted yeah so so as a young player breaking into the league in the early 2000s you didn't have the leverage now it's shifted to where the game has gone so young now the young players mm-hmm. the actual law the the collective bargaining agreement that governs how the contracts can be um constructed and everything has switched and now actually young players have more leverage they have more cards to play so they can get paid quicker and earlier in their career okay that makes sense because basically you didn't start making money money until most people's average career of five or six years in the nhl is over and you made it past that hump yeah like my big my first real real big pay year was i think five or six years into my career was when it started to really noticeably affect which is when 50% of the hockey players have retired. Yeah, five, that's, that's the average life expectancy mm-hmm. of a hockey player. Five or six I love years. these stats. Yeah, five, five years is the average NHL career. Some guys are there for a cup of coffee. Some guys will play. I was fortunate to be there 14, 15 years, um, but it averages out to about five years. I thought Matt was here just for a cup of coffee, and we're 54 shows in. <laughs> <laughs> I've, just been, I've just been lingering on it. I don't even have him in my favorites yet. On my iPhone. I don't want to be there. We've had this, we had this conversation like 30 shows ago. I don't want to be in the favorites. I almost put you in the other day because I called you twice in a week, and then I was like, <laughs> you, you, you want to, you know, Brooks, Brooks' advice on how to make the NHL? It's kind of like for podcasting, too. You know, you don't, yes. have, to the, you don't have to be the best one out there. Just get better Just every day. Just improve every you day. You are. You've gotten better every show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I trip on the fact that people think sports, sports guys make so much money and athletes make so much money, but when you really, really fucking look at it, it's scary. 
let's say let's say your career is five years long and you make five hundred thousand dollars a year mm. or what's the minimum you can make in the nhl now 650 or something? uh yeah 650 i think okay yeah, 650 a year mm. yeah and so um in the u.s you give half of that to your taxes mm. right so mm. now you have 325 mm -hmm. and then um and then you're only in there for six years so that's that 1.8 million right mm. And let's say you purchased a house. Let's say you're in California. Mm. So you purchased a three-bedroom, two-bath house. Mm. Now all your money's gone. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, but you had to take out a loan too. And and then after you get kicked out of, and then after your, and after your NHL career is over, you've given your whole life to this sport. You don't even have um, you don't even have money to pay for property taxes. Yeah, but here's the thing: is that yes, that I'm sure that does happen to some guys. Um, here's the thing: as an athlete, you know you have a shelf life of earning potential. So if you are approaching life that way where you're caught, like, oh, my God, this surprised me, these paychecks ended, then <laughs> you're a bit of a moron, a little bit. Um, well, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it a major gripe in the NHL amongst themselves and other sports? Like, it's kind of the low-dollar sport as far as the four major sports in the U.S. go. Yeah, um, just because of the TV market. And that's that's really the only reason that's holding back like major money getting into hockey. Yeah, it's just it's in the in the U.S. and a lot of the markets still it's a non-traditional sport where you know. Yeah. Um, and when you actually look at the TV market, um, this was about five six years ago we looked at this. Um, the NFL was one making one point seven billion was their TV thing or so I can't remember what it was. Wow. And ours was like one hundred eighty nine million is how much revenue we got from. The disc then the basketball and, and baseball were both in the 900 millions a year and whatever. Really? Um, uh -huh. The NFL, I believe, each franchise makes money. They will be profitable at the start of the season just based off of their TV rights, the deal to their team. Wow. Uh, huh. But that's not the case with hockey. We're still fighting. We're still growing to grow or trying to grow in the U.S. In Canada, hockey's everywhere. You, it's, it's, you know, right. It's yeah. It's Football in the states, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's untouchable. Um, but we want to we want to be a global game. Um, there are some incredibly hot hockey markets in the U.S. Um, I, but I, it's just tough. I to think compete. it was a major whiff. No, I'll, I'll get back on track in a second. But a major whiff not having NHL players in the Olympics. That's insane to me. Yeah. Yeah. What it the was heck? The, the Olympics were practically unwatchable for me. Just what? What? Why? Business, because they didn't want to shut down the NHL league. This you'd have to you have to stop Just the NHL for, for that competition. injury. Yeah, and then the risk of injury to a star player. So you own a business. That's your star player. You want you pay him ten million dollars right. a year. You don't want him sacrificing potentially getting hurt over there because it could affect your business. Right. right? So they shut it down. That kind of happened in your sense. career. There was a strike. To, what, one and a half? I missed one and a half years because of and, a strike. Oh. But then you went and played somewhere else and got hurt, right? Yeah, I played over in Switzerland, yeah. Do you wish you wouldn't have done that? Uh, no, not okay. so much, no. Um, it could have been handled differently, I'll say that. Um, but no, I was always curious. I always wanted... I don't, I don't regret a lot of things in my life. Things work out one way or the other. Did um, you fall in love in Switzerland? No. Okay. Testing, just throwing a curveball in there, just checking. Because no. we have a bold claim that you've only been in love twice, hockey and... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kara. Maybe three times now with CrossFit. Right. Oh. It's pushing. Yeah. It wants in bad. <laughs> you're, 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 I've heard that before. Um, you, you're going to take your L1 here in a minute. 
I signed up to take my L1 at the ranch on the 24th and 25th of March. I went, I signed up, registered. I went to put it in my iCal, and I found out I had a wedding on the 25th, and I was like, oh, damn shit. it, I got to uh, cancel. So I canceled that, uh, and now I'm looking. I really want to take my L1 at the ranch. I think that would be so cool mm-hmm. um, just to go back to the roots of CrossFit and everything and just learn the sport and the tradition, the history, everything. And get um, Adrian Bosman as one of your... Yeah. Uh, he's on, that, he's on that circuit. Yeah, he'll yeah. Probably, you'll yeah. probably get him, yeah. That would be awesome. So I was signed up to take it at the end of March, uh, but I'll take it either in April or May. Nice. And uh, who's getting married? Uh, two of our friends, Sasha and Emma. Is that is that worth is it worth going to their wedding for the L one? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can't move the wedding. Huh? No, they can't. Um, and they're it's gonna be so fun. It's See, gonna, I, this one's gonna be so gnarly. So I have to go. Where's it gonna be? Not giving that away. What makes a <laughs> wedding fun? Fun people. Gotcha. Yeah. It, overnight? Uh, I actually don't even know. It's I, I don't want to give too much of it. Are away. you talking like a sleepover? I mean, just when I think <laughs> of just like when I think of the ballers, I just think every wedding's overnight. What do you mean overnight? Mm-hmm. You know, like like, like you're going to the Seychelles or, oh. yeah, or or like yeah. Like, <clears throat> no, um, no, it's just they they came to our wedding and they're amazing people. And here's the fun thing, like I didn't know anything about dancing at all until I met my wife and then now I've met a lot of dancers through my wife and they're awesome people and I tell you what when music comes on this is a whole different oh my god it's a whole different atmosphere it's just an electric factory on the dance floor you can just sit back and watch for (laughs) hours and then somebody drags you out there and you're like damn it leave me on the sidelines do you Um, you have like a dance that you part like certain dances you do partake in and some you don't or are you kind of like jack of all trades out there on the dance floor I don't know I just try and I just try and I try not to have too much space because then everybody can see what you're doing. <laughs> try it's, it's, stay yeah. close it's, to it's, somebody. Is there one when like, like, and people are like, judging the fuck out of you, just so you know. Huh? No, they're not. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, Honestly, they no. Dancers, dancers just want people to move. Totally. Honestly, just yeah. like, just like, uh, just like CrossFitters just want people to be active. They just want them to start and be healthy. Just start. You don't. Yeah, just start. Just have fun and enjoy it. That's all dancers want, dude. Against other dancers, yeah, they go toe-to-toe and they want to one-up and they want to do this fancy stuff. That's when I'm just like, I just like... It is amazing how little judgment there is in an affiliate, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? That's, a, that's the best thing in it's the It's like, if you don't put your weights away, then people judge you. Yeah. But like, everyone knows jumping pull-ups are just as hard as regular pull-ups. Everyone knows that step-ups are their own stimulus. Everyone mm-hmm. knows, you know, it's like mm-hmm. there's no... No one's there's judging no, everybody's first day. Right. You come in on your first day, no one's going to judge you. No shame. In, in your third year, no one's going to judge you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's because you're going to, as like, because you're going to get your, you yourself are going to get your ass kicked at some point too. Mm-hmm. Right. So it yeah. keeps you humble because somebody is going to squash you. You think you're good? Boom. Somebody's going to walk through that door and squash you at what you think your strength is. Mm-hmm. So you're always supportive. That's one of the things. I've always loved team sports, clearly. I love team sports, and I love that part of that aspect of CrossFit as well. Why does someone like you who has the resources and the ability to work out by themselves or in a small group um, go to an affiliate? Like, why do you... Why do you do that? Uh, one, to learn. I want to be around people that are better than me. Um, I'm still so new to this sport. Um, I ask people questions daily. People are probably sick of me for the amount of questions I ask. Um, but I want to improve, and, I want to, I w- and also I want to be around better athletes. I want to see somebody move a weight in a way that I've never been able to or move higher weights and I've, or do something faster than I've ever been to. Um, that will elevate me as an athlete. Mm-hmm. What, if, what if you said, um, I'm new to this health regimen? 
Great. Instead of I'm new to this sport. Great. What's the difference? I don't know. I'm just trying it out. I'm just trying. Oh. It out. I've never said that before. I like it. Playing with the language. Eric, can we time code that? I I have friends. I have friends that at least a couple times a week. I will have friends that just text me say, Hey, can I can I just come do whatever you're doing? And and I'm saying, Yeah, this is. I'm gonna do this. You're welcome to come. Scale. Do anything you want. Do this. Don't do this. Just get moving and sweat. Let's do it. And they come to Brick CrossFit with you. They come to Brick. Yeah. And, and then now I'm doing my my entire garage is turned into a gym. I'm in the process of turning it into my rogue home gym haven. Nice. Just so I can have people up to the house, do workouts, and then have a healthy breakfast after, just create a small community up there. I'll still be a member at Brick and go there, but there's going to be other times where I'll want to just have a select few group of people, friends up to the house to just crush. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. It's awesome. It's, uh, I'm so looking forward to it, dude. Like, oh my god. I want that right we're now. Gonna have, <laughs> uh, we're gonna have breakfast and hang out and be friends, and I'll crush you. Uh, yeah. It's just it's gonna be so much fun. Do you have a Sounds do you have a fun. steep driveway? Uh, no, we don't have a steep steep driveway, but we have a great running. I've already marked off two 100 meters, 200 meters, so we can run out, run back. Um, I've been working on this garage gym for like months and months and months i want it to be so smartly done i wired in my stereo the other day mm. nice. um have a bunch of stuff ordered are uh, you doing it all yourself i am i'm having a guy i ordered my flooring he's going to help me install it and then i'll install everything else the rogue the shipment will show up and then i'll install it and i'm going to have i think Torin. i'm going to have we talked about this going to have Torin come up and video it um just to show share people and uh, it's going to be awesome, man. I want to just have it be a destination where people come to L.A. They just want to come to the house and work out right on. Let's do it. We'll nice. be there. We'll be there. Do it. Um, you do manly shit. Like I saw you with your, your sander sanding down your hockey stick. <laughs> that's man. <laughs> I mean, for me, that is. Dude, that's, that's nothing. That's, that's not like if you want to talk about that stuff, like I, I um, tore out the whole floor. My, my, I, I grew up doing that stuff. In my hometown, my dad was – is insanely handy and we were always taught to fix things or learn learn about something don't just say i don't know it mm -hmm. move towards it be curious about it learn about it and and see if you can figure it out um are you going to start doing two a days yeah that's sort of why i want the gym the home gym are, are you feeling the competitive itch do, are you do you have games aspirations oh uh, great question um originally originally no because i was so curious about to what? <laughs> Good questions. He just loves that. Hey, can we time code that too, Eric? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, Continue. So, oh I love oh, the simplicity of your garage. The, floor, yeah, the nice. flooring is great. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I cleared it all out. Um, <laughs> you're a real Buddhist, aren't you? I love that. God, you're Very, tall. Yeah. This is just like a... So these... Like up there, I just do like Sunday morning active recovery workouts, whatever. Like, And then I go down and I train it. Rick. Um, and then yeah, my, our dog here comes running out with me. does the... I love your shoes, by the way. Yeah, sixes. Yeah. Um, but when I got out of the game a couple months ago, originally uh, uh -oh, I was uh -oh. I was thinking, like, do you I want to go for it. the games? Heard it here first. Uh -huh. Yeah. Do I want to go for the games? I'm fascinated with the games. I, I am such a fan of all these athletes, such a fan of them. Um, but in this pocket of my life, it's been a real opportunity to learn and digest. And I also want to create a business that's sustainable. Um, so I've just been seeking a lot of knowledge, attending a lot of conferences and seminars, and they just lined up perfectly in this sequence of my life. But it's putting this in, I'm this gym at home. I'll go down, work out in the morning, then I'll come home, I'll crush some work, and then inevitably I'll be out in the garage at like 1 o'clock working out again. <laughs> 
and then at like four o'clock again. It just makes everything better. And it's just natural. It might all of a sudden sneakily. I might all of a sudden just be like, "Yeah, I'm going for the games." Um, what? How, how much do you weigh right now? Two hundred. And you're six two. Yeah. Fukowski's tall. True. And he's, can, and he's Canadian. Anything he's Canadian. <laughs> you would go Masters. Yeah, I'd be Masters. Yeah. And how old are you? 34. You'd go against like Josh 35. Bridges. Um, yeah, and I have no chance against Josh Bridges. Have you met him? No, I've not. You, But you want to. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm a fan of all these guys. I've met him and I want to meet him again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's awesome. It's just the spirit of these guys and what they're and the girls too. Like uh, I've actually talked to a lot of them. I've got to know uh, Noah. I've awesome. reached out to a lot of people mm -hmm. on social and just connect cool. with them. Cole uh, Sager in in Spokane. Uh, I go up to Coeur d'Alene a lot, so we fly into Spokane. I'm like, dude, next time I come up there, I'm coming to crush a workout. Oh, that's um, cool. Cole, Cole, Cole's not going to the games again. You can cross him off. What? Um, you love writing him off. That's two oh. shows in a row. You oh, man. I don't know why. I don't know why. He, he has to start out slow and then he'll make it. That's what we have to wait for. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, but Katrin, Davis' daughter, uh, Brooke Wells, I've uh, talked to a lot of them. I approve. I approve. Yeah. Um, I'm just a fan of these people, and I want to do something where uh, once my schedule slows down here a little bit, maybe May, April or May or something, just bounce around to where they're all training and just go train. Mm -hmm. Just ride shotgun with them, see what they do. Mm -hmm. um, Day, day in the life. Yeah, it would be so much fun to have maybe Torin come and just video the whole thing. You just love Torin. That's love. Torin's my boy. Four man. mentions of Torin. Torin's my boy. <laughs> yeah. You try to talk to him to grow in a beard. Uh, uh, he has a beard. He has. Well, this is not like his though, man. His, I mean, there's his, certain his beard's so light, certain angles Torin's it goes away. Beard. His, uh -huh. his is like another body part. Yeah. Um, I don't. I just. I want to. I haven't met these people other than just like talking to them. Um, but I want to meet them in person, and I, I just want to see what they do. I want to see firsthand what they're capable of. You know, your two days at that L1 yeah. are going to absolutely blow you away. I can't wait. It is so simple and rudimentary and fundamental and laser focused what they're going to teach you in there. It's going to, you're going to, someone like you who loves your body and loves moving your yeah. body and it, it, it's, you'll get picked apart. It's awesome. Uh, dude, that was, you're going to love it. That's why, that is why right there with Matt is why I fell in love with CrossFit. I was a 12-year professional athlete. I went into a CrossFit box to Brick in L.A., and my trainer there, Cees Flores, who if you don't know this name, you'll know this name. Cees Flores is brilliant. Mm. He's 32, and he's – I call him the West Coast Ben Bergeron. People don't know about him. He is freaking brilliant. Mm. He put me through 30 tests in the first two, three days, and I failed every single one of them. Zero. <laughs> I, f I failed every one of them. And – I was like, how am I a 12-year professional athlete that can't do any of this stuff that you're showing me? This fascinates me. I am coming back tomorrow, and you are coaching me. And like, like movement tests? What kind of tests? I couldn't do an overhead squat. Okay. I took a barbell like this, and he's like, can you do an overhead squat? From hockey, I was so hunched over right, like right. this mm -hmm. that as soon as I'd squat, I'd go like this, and I was like... What happened there? <laughs> and then, but then I started dissecting it. I was like, okay, how can CrossFit? If I have these weaknesses, how can how could this potentially hurt me in my sport? 
And if I am rolled over like this continually from playing hockey, that means my head is exposed. I'm susceptible to right. collision. Maybe I take a concussion, a hit on the chin. If I can get the shoulders back, get posture back, get that T-spine mobility, I can absorb contact on my shoulder versus my chin. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about Smart. longevity, injury prevention. There's so many elements of CrossFit that you can pull not only for elite performance, but injury prevention into hockey. And that's what fascinated me with the sport. If mm -hmm. you knew about CrossFit earlier, would you have started earlier? Would you have integrated it into your yeah, hockey? 100%. Do you have a, are, do you, are you going to have a career in hockey even if you don't play hockey anymore? Great question. Like coaching? I've been asked that. Uh, when, when we have, uh, when we, hopefully my wife and I have, have, I have kids and they want to play hockey, um, I would love to coach them. Do I want to coach professionally? I don't know because I don't know if I want to be away that much. And coaching is a job, man. Coaching, coaching is a job. You're hired to be fired. You got to wear a suit. Yeah. Wow, you're hired to be fired. You are. Yeah. Coaches have like a two to three year shelf life and you're on to the next city, two to three years, next city, two. And I don't want to do that with my family now. Um, <laughs> Aren't there some like cush jobs you could get, like um, where you just uh, yeah, but you're the liaison between like the athletes and like the brands and yeah, the cities and I don't know. I want to do something that is pushing the envelope. That's not. I don't want to do something that's comfortable. I want to do something that's on the forefront of driving athleticism and like so I wouldn't just take a hockey job to take a hockey job if I was going to take a hockey job we're blowing the roof off this thing like we are pushing this sport further than we've ever seen it um, so what, was, what yeah. was the first workout you did at Brick at Brick CrossFit oh, oh it was uh, I think it's called the Chief Oh man! Uh, power cleans. Jumping in the deep end. Was it Three power? Minutes. Power cleans. Yeah. Uh, Six push-ups. Push. push. Squats. Yeah. Nine air squats. Three minutes. Rest one minute. Yeah. So I got like twenty-seven rounds on it or something. Wow. So wait, I, what is the workout? Someone tell me again. Three power cleans at one thirty-five. Six push-ups and nine, nine air squats. squats. And it's as many rounds in three minutes. Rest and then do it again. Five times. Five times. Yeah. That's and your first workout. That was yeah. That was my first day. Ladies and gentlemen, that is not appropriate. And so I did, but I remember uh, I did like five something rounds, five plus rounds in the first three minutes and, and the trainer sees is like, okay, that's pretty good. You know, like, um, or no, I was a different trainer at the time actually. Um, but he's like, that's pretty good. See if you can hold that pace. And I was like, I can hold this pace, dude. I'm hockey player. I can hold this. I know about <laughs> pace. I can hold this. And he's like, okay, we'll see. It gets harder. I'm like, okay. And I ended up hitting it every time and got like 26, 27. He's like, Wow, that was pretty good. I was like, who's the best in the gym? I want to line up a side. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't know. I just love. But, dude, I get crushed daily at our gym, and I love it. Have you seen Harrison Ford in there? No, I'm not. Do you know Miko Salo? No. No of him, but don't know him. You kind of remind me of um, him a little bit. Why? Justin, just like, I mean, that's the way he feels about his engine. Yeah, he uh, he was a soccer player. He flirted with playing professional soccer. Yeah, um, and I, I sort of you know just that's he just sprinted back and forth on the field. Mm. And so when he found CrossFit, he just turned that engine yeah into just yeah. See, and that's that's one of the and moving weights and and that's the part that's what I have. That's what, I have legs and lungs. Now I need strength <laughs> and power. Like we we didn't focus a lot on upper body. We focused the hockey players are legs and lungs. Mm -hmm. So when it gets to something, when the open here gets to something heavy, I'm in trouble. What advice do you have for professional athletes, whether it be curling, soccer, football, whatever, who want to integrate CrossFit into their training? 
but for some reason they're scared? Oh, um, it depends what they're scared of. One, uh, just appreciate appreciate what the CrossFit athletes are able to do. Appreciate the mo- mobility that they have. Um, they're insanely mobile, insanely fast, insanely strong. Like there's, they're 99 across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can take any of those elements um, and put them into your sport, you will be elevated. So, so then maybe it's not for the athlete that the advice should be given. It's the coach. Because what I'm seeing with you is, although I don't see it in your personality, but clearly it's you. You're like a dog at the park, and the second the leash comes, leash comes off, you're fucking gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, you can't do that if you're a professional athlete with CrossFit, right? You have to. You sure have to. You can. you can. I mean, well, don't you need to be careful? I mean, because you need to stay in, in your modalities, and you need to not. I don't want to use the word injure yourself, but you have to. You have to save a, piece, a big piece of yourself still for your sport, right? Or no? Well, like every so, the way I trained, I would do an. I would do about an hour and a half, hour and forty-five minutes on the ice every day, every morning, and then I'd come from there to the, the gym to do CrossFit. And then we would pull elements from CrossFit that were sport specific, like pistol squats, pistol squats for days, weighted pistol squats, pistol squats into a box jump landing on one leg, all of that stuff. Um, there's so many elements that from CrossFit that we could repurpose that, that were sport specific to hockey. Like I said, overhead squats mm-hmm. um, to get my posture better so I can absorb checks on my shoulders versus a potentially exposing my head to absorbing checks. Um, you does just your, need to... Does your wife love your legs? Yeah. Legs and butt. Yeah, she does. She talks <laughs> about them all the time, huh? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. She likes Yeah, she likes my butt. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I spent my whole life in a squat, a single leg squat. That's what hockey is. You know, you're going to get a good butt. And yeah. she's, she's, she's got to be a leg and butt connoisseur because she's around people who use their legs... I don't know, man. You have to ask her, but <laughs> I, hope, I hope what I have does it for her. <laughs> How long were you together before she was like, man, you have really nice legs and a really nice ass? I don't even know. I don't know. But it's obvious to you that she's objectified those parts of your I mean, body and drooling. I think girls like a guy's butt. <laughs> I mean. I, I would go out on a limb and say, yeah. 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 Like girls like a guy that's got a butt. Let's ask Kara. Yeah, yeah. Can you verify Kara? Oh, well, yeah. Why not? We need like a no. shelf. We need like yeah, a you shelf. don't want a flat butt. <laughs> you got to have something there. You got to be able to take the hit. Okay, so let's get back on track here. Enough of this ass <laughs> and leg talk. But she is a she is a leg connoisseur. She's a dancer. Dancers have beautiful legs, right? Yeah, That's she what has they're known for. Legs, but they yeah. do. They can oh, dance yeah. their ass off on accident, can't they? Dancers, uh, like runners. I don't know. Because they don't get lo- they don't do that. Do dancers do that? Um, squat no. parallel. Oh, dudes. Yeah. No. The dancers are so flexible and so... Does your wife have a butt? Yeah. Would you encourage her to get into CrossFit? Um, I've ordered from for the my home gym. I ordered a couple women's barbells. I'm like, babe, I'm ordering you a barbell. You ever want to touch it? Great. If you don't, great. Um, she doesn't like... I love grabbing a barbell and chucking heavy stuff around. It's fun. She doesn't like that. She likes fitness, which is what we were talking about. Whatever your fitness goal is, great. Maybe CrossFit isn't for everybody but movement is for everybody she likes to dance and move her body that way great if that serves Mm -hmm. you great you don't have to move heavy weights or do exactly what we're doing Mm -hmm. all we're trying to do is move the athletic needle right she she probably weighs 100 pounds right yeah and she's how tall five almost five four 
So you're 200 pounds and she's 100 pounds. Yeah. Like if you took a cheese grater and just pulled off a piece of you. <laughs> like, you know, like one of those fancy ones where it like pulls the slice. Yeah. <laughs> um, if she put on 10 pounds of muscle, like here and here, would yeah. you be cool with that? Yeah, whatever she wants to do. So here's the funny thing, though. This is sort of why she hasn't tried CrossFit yet. I was watching the 2015 documentary at the house in our living room, and she looked at some of these girls. This was her first introduction to CrossFit, and she looked at some of these girls. She's seen, like, Brooke Ants and, like, some of these girls. She's like, her jaw dropped, and she's like, because she lives in a dancer world, mm -hmm. which is a very dancer, very feminine ish body like you know they don't traditionally do anything with weights or lifting mm -hmm. and she saw what these girls were capable of and right away she thought if she does crossfit she's gonna get jacked mm -hmm. she's gonna get so big and she's gonna lose her dancer body and i'm like oh babe i'm like look at me i've worked out my whole life i don't look like those guys <laughs> and those the people those are the exception like that takes 10 top years of, the top of, the top. of four workouts a day to even get close to that. You're not, you touch a barbell, sweetie, you're not going to put on 15 pounds of iron muscle. Right. It's common, oh. common misconception. It's yeah. beautiful though. Yeah. Yeah. And those women are fascinating though. Oh, I, I can't wait. I hope I meet some of them. It's, mm -hmm. it's interesting how, um, when you, when you first entered the CrossFit world, when I entered in 10 or 11 years ago, I thought the women were really, really like buff. But then the longer and longer you're in, it's really just that their DNA is just fully expressing itself. Yeah. It's just a full yeah. expression of this, re this, this body that's mm -hmm. just eating and working, eating right and working hard, right? So that's... And it's just expressed. None of these women are going for these bodies. This is just... Mm -hmm. They're, going to, win, they're yeah. going to win the fucking games. Yeah. And their body's like, okay, well, I'll support you. I'll turn into this for you. Yeah. And so that's what I'm fascinated with. I am fascinated and where my life is moving is into this space with the engineering of the human body, athletic engineering, also mindset. Like how can you create the highest performing human possible that you can transcend, literally transcend time, um, but also your capabilities. Like what these women do now, 10 years ago was, un right. was, was ridiculous. And here's the thing. Here's the real thing. This is where it gets crazy. This is first-generation CrossFit. Hockey's been around 100 years. So they, I actually read a study about a month ago that says you can genetically alter your DNA. Don't quote me on this because I don't know the exact thing. So somebody's going to tweet me and say you're an idiot. But, <laughs> um, which is yeah. fine. Which is fine. That's anyway, what the internet's for. <laughs> I, yeah. But I heard that you can, if you're, you, you can alter your DNA in the course of your life to pass on new DNA genetics to you, the next generation. Yes, so I've heard that. there's been compound interest in hockey. Hockey player has a hockey playing son. Hockey playing son has a hockey playing son. Like my dad played hockey. He started me here. So my, his, his ceiling was my foundation. Mm -hmm. I blew the roof off that. Mm -hmm. My son or daughter, hopefully we have a, a child that plays hockey, starts where my ceiling was and they're going to blow the roof off that. We haven't seen that in this sport mm -hmm. yet. These are first generation CrossFitters. Imagine when Fraser or these people start having sons and daughters that... Fraser shoots blanks. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but imagine, imagine when those, these people. Those kids are coming around. The Bergerons, Maya's. What is she? Fourteen. Or, yeah, those kids I don't are coming around. Know how old she is, so what? What the? What the games athletes are doing now is going to be ridiculously simple to this next generation 
and especially once you add another generation on there, it is going to be insane what the human body is going to be capable of and the human mind is going to be capable of. And I am moving. I am so curious about this. If anybody's listening that's fascinated about this space, reach out to me because I am moving in this direction. Totally. And I want to put myself through all these tests. I want to go to the best labs in this in the countries, put myself through these tests and it's maybe a reason the more curious I get about it, dude, then maybe I may end up making a run at the games. <laughs> uh, I think you will regardless. Maybe. Yeah, I think next year you'll enter the Open um, with your diet fully tuned and you'll be, you'll, you'll, you'll be served a piece of humble pie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no kidding, eh? Um, <laughs> when are you and your wife going to have kids? Uh, we don't know. I'm not sure. Um, does she want kids? Um, do you feel like it's getting too late? No. Why? No, I'm just a kid, man. I feel like I'm five years old. Like, honestly, I, I feel like I still need to grow up before I have kids. But I keep telling them, like, babe, I'm never growing up. Like, I'm oh, never going to grow up. You're smart. It doesn't I'm. I just had my first. I'm 45. I had my first kid at 41. Now I have three. Wow. And my wife was 39 when we started. Wow, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And And... The only thing that, like, the other day I kind of felt grown up because I was here at work, mm -hmm. and the school called and was like, your son has an earache, can you pick him up? I'm like, holy shit, this is some grown-up shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But that's weird. how I feel, man. I feel, and I, honestly, I'm going to put so much effort and have already in my life. Like, I juice an 18-ounce homemade juice every morning. I'm fascinated with longevity and not just stopping. They've actually shown you can reverse. They've actually been scientifically able to reverse the aging process in rats. Um Let's get that clip out where he said, I, I juice. And let's just isolate that. Um, <laughs> I don't think juicing is good for you. Oh, dude, it's the best thing. Oh, Depends buddy. on what you're juicing. What are you juicing? I, I, so I go to the Whole Foods. I pick out my organic mm -hmm. I, cucumber, celery, carrots, ah. ginger, kale, ah. spinach, uh, okay. tomato, right. apple, okay. pear. Uh, I, Veg I, vegetable heavy. Yeah. Not, 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 pear. No, not sugar not heavy. Sugar. No. All, I, I put... And I do all of this together, and it makes juices for myself and my wife for like three to four days, store them in double vacuum insulated container in the fridge where light can't get to them, um, fill them up to the top so they don't oxidize, no oxygen in there, which wrecks it a little bit. Um, and then I drink that every morning, and you walk out the house on fire, <laughs> and then you train. And then the, here's the thing about fitness, too. When you train, you expend ungodly amounts of energy, and you come out of the gym with more energy than you walked in with. It's insane. Have you influenced your wife's nutrition or, or has she influenced your nutrition? I believe I've influenced my wife's nutrition. So when we first met, I was, I'm a super healthy guy. I've always eaten for my sport. I always ate super healthy for performance. When my wife met me, or I met my wife, um, she didn't like the food I cooked or ate because it was so plain and she is a mm -hmm. foodie. Absolutely lives to eat for the taste of the food. Mm -hmm. And I, was, I told her, I was like, okay, babe, but I'm not gonna sacrifice health for taste. Mm -hmm. And she is amazing. She found an unbelievable way and still does daily to cook incredibly tasting food that doesn't sacrifice health for taste. Nice. So she knows I'm not going to eat butters and tons of this and that. On Like, I don't want that. I'm not going to do that. And she still finds a way. Yeah, she's an amazing cook. I hate to keep, keep comparing you to people at Amico Salo, but here's another one for you. You're, do you know who Luke Rockhold is? I've heard the name. Oh, you're like the Luke Rockhold of well, the NHL, but Local now kid. CrossFit. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Look him up. Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. a he's a model too, I believe. Yeah, is he? I, he just yeah. did. Um, who who did he just do Calvin Klein or something? God, I I think I just saw it on Instagram. He's a UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah. He's a stud. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. So I I love that. I'll have to look him up. I love people that are after 
like we're talking forefront, cutting edge. Where are we going? Like, how can we make a human? I can't wait till we have kids. Like, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a kid that's a weapon at five years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I cannot wait to, because everything I've acquired, they're gonna start there. Mm-hmm. They're gonna do things at the age of ten that are ridiculously easy that I couldn't figure out till I was thirty. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you were saying about being on the rink at two years old, and it's a lot of thing that things that new parents don't understand at two you're meant to fall down and i see parents being so afraid of their kids falling down but my kids fall down hundreds of Good. times a day hundreds and it's like they're so low to the ground yeah it's like just let them fall i was just picturing like at two years old being on the ice you probably fell a thousand times a day oh I still do man still <laughs> still wipe out all the time still miss lifts all the time um and I think one of the things I'm most grateful for, for my, from my parents is they showed my brother, my sister, and I a tremendous amount of love, but equally they taught us a tremendous amount of independence. So we lived in a small community in rural Saskatchewan, 600 people in the middle of the prairies. We could do anything we wanted. We could bike anywhere. We would take the skidoo out of town at the age of 12. Skidoo. What's a skidoo? Uh, snowmobile. Okay. So we, we would, like, age of 12, we'd just rip it right out of town. You'd take your bike into the valley. You could do, we had independence to explore, to do anything we wanted. Um, and that's a lot of why I move towards my curiosities. And freedom is, like, my number one thing. I want to do things that I just want to, I hate traffic. I hate being mm-hmm. boxed in. I, I want to explore and move. And a lot of that came from the way I grew up. But you still had discipline. Yeah, we did, yeah. Accountability and discipline, 100%. There's something at 34 years old that you've experienced that I don't think most people experience until they're 45 or 50. You at 34 are experiencing age, meaning your age has caught up to you and put a limitation on your dreams. Is that fair to say? Mm, great and question. I think God. at 34 years old, most people don't get that because they just live their day-to-day life, um, you know what I mean, go to work, take care of their kids. Like They don't feel their age at 34. But at 34, you've, you've whether you want to admit it or not, um, someone has observed that your abilities aren't what they used to be. You know what I mean? So you're mm-hmm. you're having to come to terms with that way before the rest of us. Uh, maybe, but I don't look at it like that. Okay. So this is this is I played 15 years professional hockey, the highest level you can reach, and that's why you get exposed the soonest too, right? Um. Maybe, but that's not even close to good enough for me. Okay. That is ridiculously not even close to enough for me playing at that level for 15. So I'm 34. My best athletic years are still ahead of me. Okay. Because I'm going to continue to learn, absorb knowledge. I'll be doing things in two to three years that are ridiculously simple that are so tough for me today. I'm going to be a better athlete. You said (coughs) yourself, you're... I agree with you. Sorry, what did I say myself? Oh, no, it was Sean. Sorry, it was Sean. I was talking to Sean. He said he's a better athlete at 44 than he was at 18. Oh, who is he? Oh, Sean Woodland. Yeah. Yes. That's because Sean Woodland never did what you did. What I'm saying is is, um, you climb to the top of the mountaintop at a young age. Um, Let's say it's 20,000 feet. And it got so crowded up there that by the time you were 34, you've been pushed down to 19,000 feet. Yeah. And you will never go to 20,000 feet on that mountain again. Yeah. The rest of us only climbed to 14,000 feet. So no one's going to push us off for a long time. Do, do you know what I mean? Like you're having an, I find it interesting that you're having an intimacy with limitations before most people 
10 or 20 or 30 years before most people because of how high you climbed. I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's way after most people. Most people, because limitations are what filtered people out in my sport. Limitations are what allowed me to get to 20,000 feet. Mm. Right. So by like... You mean other people's limitations? Other people found, yeah, they experienced age or limitations or whatever because they thought they didn't make double A, they didn't make triple A, they didn't get drafted to the pros, they didn't whatever. So there... If you say age caught up to me earlier in life, I think age caught up to other people. Other people had to go to jobs or had to go to college or had to do things earlier in life. I think it caught up to them, not me. Right. And still now, I don't think it caught... So it caught up to me in this area. I repurpose this in this area and I go boom to 40,000 feet in this area. Right. And then that happens, whatever, and then I go boom up to 60,000 feet in longevity or something. Like, right. It's a never-ending quest. If I think that my best days are behind me, what's my point of living? Right. Like, what, what am I here for? I am so curious about my future. And it's one of the things I'm excited about. I haven't had really a bad day, aside from the first day when I found out I was released and my career was over, um, of life since hockey ended because I am fascinated with what I can now do. Because I can fully explore I can give everything I have, my time and energy and focus into how can I create a superhuman versus how can I just be superhuman at hockey? Dude, I, I, I want to go to your L1 with you. Yeah. Do it. Oh, my you've God. Got, you've got another focus. are so yeah. fucking energy. energy. Brooks, our goal here at CrossFit HQ Media is basically, it's, um, it's threefold. It's to let the world know that if you want to jump on a lifeboat to avoid chronic disease, it's to mm -hmm. go to an affiliate. Mm -hmm. If you want to jump on a lifeboat and avoid chronic disease, which kills 70% uh, of all the people in the United States, um, go to your L1. Mm -hmm. That's like our, that's like, and, and then our, our third, the third leg is to let the world know through CrossFit Health that there's a mess and the mess is telling you they have the solution, they don't, meaning if you have type two diabetes yeah. and you enter the medical system instead of trying to, t and that's your sole way of handling it, you're gonna. It's like going to prison. Yeah. You're gonna be in that revolving door. 100%. You need to go to an affiliate. Mm -hmm. You need to be around like-minded people. You need mm -hmm. to get on a good diet. You mm -hmm. need to make like you said. Every morning you wake up and your health is your number one mm -hmm. thing, right? Mm -hmm. You can get on that mindset. You can get on the um, the the Brooks like mindset, and and have a massive transformation. Big time. So this is and and it's more than that even. Um, this is why I think I was uh, had the longevity in sport that I did is I did three workouts a day for 15 years. The first one was the sleep I got that night. That was that I looked at that like a workout. That was my first workout. 9 hours is what I targeted. I prioritized getting 9 hours of sleep a night. I would work out at 6:45 a.m. so I would prioritize the sleep. That's the most important. Then it was nutrition was my second workout before I even got to the gym. My second workout was nutrition. Then the actual workout what it, that I did was actually third tier. The training I did was mm -hmm. third tier as far as how am I going to get to elite performance and not only get there, stay there. So it wasn't training first and then go eat like crap or, oh, I go for a walk and then I eat crap and I eat like or sleep like crap. It was prioritize sleep, prioritize nutrition, and then unleash that and express that fully through athletics. Um, you don't drink coffee? I've never had it. You offered me a cup of coffee. I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. It's still here if you want it. It's right there. Yeah, uh, I've never you, had a cup of coffee in my life. Do you drink uh, any caffeine? 
No. No caffeine. No, I don't take Red Bulls or any of that. You, know, you never had the my 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 drinking team has a hockey problem. Uh, my dad it. had that problem. Oh, Senior okay. team had that problem. <laughs> um, do you drink? It wasn't coffee though. <laughs> do you drink alcohol? Uh, I I actually uh, my I used to a little bit. I do sporadically, but uh, my wife and I decided for all of 2018 we we're going to give up alcohol just to try and see how clean. And once you feel, here's the thing: once you feel amazing, your energy is amazing, and your health and everything is just premium you don't go backwards from that so we went to paris we went to london and paris and we had two nights we had supper at the top of the eiffel tower and i had a couple of glasses of scotch you can do whatever. that but supper yeah. up there what, what what kind of scotch i wonder if that's new ah uh, i can't even remember Island or single malt single okay. will you drink at the wedding um great question i didn't even think about that maybe maybe not but you don't need to drink to have fun and Here's the thing, feeling so good when you wake up in the morning and waking up at like 5, 5.30 to go work out and just attacking life and coming home at, at like 8.30 in the morning and just getting ready to start your day having crushed already. Um, you don't want to go backwards from that. I think you've really incorporated the word crush into my, ah, my vocabulary yeah, now. Yeah. 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 Using it. I'm going to just crush. I'm crushing cans. I'm going to crush the computer. I watched the piece that um, Torn did on you, Yeah, the CrossFit piece. And I told I, I watched it and I called Tyson. He's like, "What'd you think?" I'm like, "It's a great piece, but I'm not buying it." Oh, right and he on. He goes, man. "What do you mean?" I'm like, "There's no fucking way that anyone is this in love and this happy." And like, I'm just <laughs> not. And now I've been in the room with you for like thirty minutes, and I'm 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 fully. I'm buying it. I appreciate that. You um, are a. Um, so, so that's CrossFit too. You're a, you're a beacon of light for like people like aspirational. Like, I think you're going to leave here and you influence me already. Oh, I appreciate that, I'm man. I'm double down on my arugula. So, Change the way but, I talk. So here's I'm the not, thing, I'm though. probably not going to skate, but, double but down. like, man, you're really like... Here's the thing, Sevon. You're going off. Of arugula. Is yeah. I have been fortunate enough. I always thought my goal and dream in life was to win the Stanley Cup, and it was. But when I got out of hockey, I realized, wow, my actual real dream was to do what I wanted in the sport every single day to play the sport at the age of 34, the same sport that I played when I was five. That was the actual real dream, and so I lived my dream every single day. And knowing how good that feels, I want that for you, brother. If I can help you in any way, I'm here to serve. I want that for Matt, for Kara, for Eric. And that's what a big part of my life is now, is about serving and giving information back to people. I've acquired so much in my life, and being a professional athlete, so much of your life is, is selfish you are focused on this you have to be focused just to execute that you're very selfish with your time and energy and now i want to do something that's greater than that and i want to give back so i'm on a quest to find the best information i want to seek out the best crossfitters i want to seek out the best nutritionists the best sleep doctors everybody um get this information gather it and give it back to people high performance mindset and give it back to people in a way that they can digest it so quickly, makes it make it actionable information where they can implement it in their lives and start living the best life, which is the same mission CrossFit does. Same thing. Your realization is is it, it sounds like the journey journey realization. Life is the journey, not the destination. Yeah, and you, and you had that. Yeah. It's so easy to do good work with CrossFit for two reasons: crazy potent. Mm -hmm. And the society is so sick. Yeah. And so although 
a lot of the talk you're saying is 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 really working on that tip of the spear yeah. and pushing that glass ceiling even higher. Yeah. There is so there are so many things we can do by introducing this to our brothers and sisters, our aunts and uncles, mm. and our fathers and mothers. Yeah. Do your parents do it? No, they don't. Um, but I, I would love to the, for them to do anything. Um, you know, my dad could certainly use a little bit. Um, but here's the thing. I just want to get it in front of people, and then what they do with it is is on them, right? right. And then the consequences right. with doing it or not doing it is on you as well. You're accountable for your life. So I can't force anybody to try it. I can encourage somebody to try it. But here's the thing. I don't want to push people into CrossFit. I want to pull people into CrossFit. I want people to be pulled. I think it's a stronger force. Um, so I just want to get information to people. And it doesn't have to be CrossFit. Maybe it's nutrition, and maybe you just want to go jog. Like... Whatever it is, I want to help better people's lives. CrossFit has done that for me. The community of CrossFit, I am so grateful for it, has done that, continues to do that for me daily. Appreciative of this opportunity to be here to discuss it with you guys and hope to learn from people in the building. Um, but I just want, I want people to live better. I want them to know that they have the power to make their life better. And I want to help give them the information to do so and then... After that, it's on them what they do. But I'm sure once you start moving toward and you start feeling, you start feeling that vibe and that bug, you're never going backwards. Right. Yeah. Right. My mom started at 69, and she, seven, at 74, she's go, she's going harder than ever. Unbelievable. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. She's killing the open. Yeah. Shows up to my gym, our gym. Really? Every Sunday, yeah, for the open. That is awesome. Yeah, I can't even believe it. She never played any sports. Never did anything. And you know what? Your mom will live 10 years longer because of it. Um, one of the cornerstones, cornerstones of CrossFit, the reason why CrossFit is for everyone is because it provides independence. Yeah. So what's going to throw you in the nursing home is when you can't wipe your own ass. Yeah. And so you always have to be able to squat. Mm -hmm. And so even someone who thinks CrossFit is just like way, way too hard. Um, someone just sent me, uh, did, did we post that on CrossFit, the 88 year old woman practicing her squat? Yeah. It went last night. Will you check out uh, CrossFit? Like. It's to, it's to maintain your independence, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To be able yeah. to put the dog food on top of the refrigerator yeah. after you feed the dog and then to be able to take a shit and wipe your own ass. Yeah, bend over and pick up something you drop or anything like that. Look at yeah. th This lady's one of our cohorts. Like, this is awesome, right? It's literally for everyone. And that's what you want people to know. People look at the CrossFit Games athletes and go, oh, wow, they, they kind of get a little intimidated. And I get it. You can walk into a gym. Hey, I was a professional athlete. I walked into the gym and I'd see people be like, holy, like this is, mm -hmm. it can be intimidating. Go say hi to that person and you will be floored at how humble they are. Mm -hmm. Right. They will be so excited. Man, there's, the thing I love about Brick and the thing I love about the community is you can have a, a games competitor or a professional athlete working right next, working out right beside this 88-year-old mm -hmm. woman. Yeah. And there is mutual support going on, not get out of my way, I'm trying to do my thing. That is not allowed. Mm -hmm. You will get swallowed and eaten up and beat up if you try that in a box because the community won't allow it. Most yeah. people are dead at 88. Yeah. <laughs> Betty's just out kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome, man. This is inc incredible. <laughs> you did this video a while back. I don't I couldn't tell when it was, but it was like it was like man things that men should be able to do. Oh, with, with Cabby? Yeah. Oh, uh, that is with Cabby? Five things a man should know or something? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Did did you come up with those five things? Uh, no, he came up with those. Oh, okay. But I, mean, I can't remember. We kind of talked about it, whatever. But it was a big hit. We should do another one. It, um, there was the handshake. Yeah. There was the dude, <coughs> I'm sorry. 
Yeah, yeah. That one was really good. Yeah, bro, my bad or something. Yeah. Um, there was a, to have a good handshake. Yeah. There how was, to tie a tie? Oh, here it is. Oh my God, look at that hair. Oh yeah. Look <laughs> oh my God. Why? What's that? What do you see when you see that hair? So I had. It's funny. You you look. I you cut look, my yeah. own hair there for eight years. I cut my own hair. I just took a number two and just. What if she breaks up with me? It's funny. You look you look younger yeah. now than you do. Cross here. the left over the right. Do I really? Pull the right across so. and then. Yeah, you look definitely younger now. Over the left part of the CrossFit. Number yeah. three. Okay. <laughs> I like that collar too. Tie a tie. Yeah, I do those custom because I like those. I don't like the big. Yeah, the ones that yeah. flare out. Yeah, I don't uh, like the big ones. Change like a tire. Yeah. And and the wingman. And you guys did Important. the wingman so, um, like if I would have done, we the did wing- it with two other teammates, yeah. with all dudes. If yeah. I would have done the wingman, it would have been so crass. Oh. And you guys did it so <laughs> tastefully. Oh. I don't know. Spend time with her friend. Should have said his friend. She looks like. <laughs> so this is this is our this is my teammate. These are all Russian pro, kid. These are all pro hockey players. These pro hockey players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and this is our teammate oh, too. Man, he's a funny. big dude, huh? Yeah, Dustin. Yeah, he's like six four, two thirty. He's big dude. Yeah. He adopted six black babies. Black babies. Too far, dude. <laughs> I mean, this is fun. I like doing this kind of stuff. I wish, you know what? I wish younger in my career when I made the NHL because hockey is still a sort of a very suppressive culture. The NBA is a personality league. The NFL is a what do you mean? Like you can't league. be gay and be in the hockey league? Or what no, that's not what I mean. I just mean like um, it's not a very it's not a personality driven sport. Tell me who's a personality in hockey? Everybody flies the same. More so in the NBA, you hit that exactly right. NBA yeah, is personality. And and but we need to if we want to grow, fans attached to a personality. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to where before it was suppressed, teams are now trying to some teams, the smart teams, mm-hmm. allow their players outlets to express their personality. They're still govern their social media and all that kind of stuff. But um I think as a sport, I wish I would have figured out I figured it out later in the sport that I can have a personality, but I wish I would have been not so serious in my younger years. Like you came into your own. Yeah, and it comes with a little bit of comfort too. Once you know, like, okay, like, um, I'm here to stay. You can have a little more fun. Uh, but when you're younger, you're kind of just proud. Oh, shit, I hope and, I don't get fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you get a lot of solicitation, being that you're so um, handsome, for what? Strong, um, wealthy uh, females wanting to interact with you on a intimate. No. Oh, good. Me neither. <laughs> you don't get those. No, because I mean, look, look at. I mean, I'm married. Everybody knows I love my wife, and and loyalty is my number one quality in a person. It's my favorite thing in a person. I'm a loyal guy. I always will be. Have you always been like that? Yeah. So you were never, you were never, you were never a, a cat, uh, uh, an alley cat. No, like, um, I don't know. What, I don't know what you're asking me there. Like you, were, you were, you were never with tons and tons of women, and just like a man of the night. You know? <laughs> a man of the you, night. You never, you never, you never shared your beauty and your body with. Uh, just, let's just well, say I, I'm a loyal guy. Well, like, I, feel, I think that's like a common, a common I thought with professional athletes, right? Like they are, they're constantly seeing their famous money, looks, everything, success, and then the opposite sex fawns over them. And they can get any woman or man that they want. My friend and I in high school went to get Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco's autograph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, my friend did. at, And we, so we went to a hotel where they were staying. Mm-hmm. And when we got to the hotel, we couldn't get into the bar, but there were fucking like hundreds of women fucking piling into the bar. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was That's like funny. this. 
And so, and so I, I imagine, I mean, I, I imagine it's like that for all professional sports. Like every time you go out, you would go to a, to a foreign town that there would be just women throwing themselves. I don't, I, I think that's a real misconception, man. Um, especially in sports nowadays, because what the sport demands of you it actually doesn't allow a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You need you get to the city, you have your meal, you get rest because you're mm-hmm. waking up, you have practice, you back go back, you get rest because mm-hmm. the level of competition is so high. Like you look at the CrossFitters, like their life is about CrossFit. There isn't a lot of time for they extra don't CrossFit dudes don't do any of that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, but at that's what from I mean, what I've seen. It's that's the misconception of sport that yeah you just throw on the equipment you go play no there is it is a lifestyle like it is like i said my life was three workouts a day that was my life you're not drinking all night hanging out with women doing blow i mean you can if you want you're not gonna be around very long you know and so what do you really want in your life maybe maybe it's more of a baseball player thing that's definitely an easier hey. sport. That's an easier sport than hockey, right? I mean, yeah, Derek Jeter used to give girls he went home with cell phones and care packages when they left, right? Wow. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. I'm not going to comment on what other athletes may or may not have done. <laughs> hey, people are people are free to operate how they want. I agree. You I know, agree. No, as, no, as long as you're not hurting anybody, then. Um, so, so loyalty. So you've always been a loyal guy. Yeah. Like in my, my groomsmen, like four of them were guys I've were known since I was a year old. Have you ever had a girlfriend before your wife? I don't want to discuss this, man. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just like Josh Bridges. So ju- it's, it's just her. Yeah. It's just her. Yeah. There was, a v- if you put in your name and you hit videos, there's just shitloads of videos of you and your wife. Okay. Where? Where are you? Okay. Just like in YouTube. Okay. You know, like People Magazine and just like people covering oh. your life. You know, okay. and there's even some footage of you like walking down the street and you're just being surrounded by paparazzi. So many of them that they're like falling. Um, was there any of that when you were in hockey, or is that just when you come to the United States and and and, and you're with this um, television? No, there's movie there's star. media in hockey, but there's not paparazzi in hockey. No, trust me, they aren't there to see me, man. They are not there to see me. <laughs> when I go out by myself, there's none of that. My wife goes out, yeah, there'll be some of that for her. And and are you are you chill with it? Do you ever feel your blood boil? Do you ever feel? Or oh yeah, you do. Oh, I've got it. I've got into it with guys, um, because because my wife my wife's five foot four, hundred couple pounds. Like she's petite lady, and sometimes they'll pop up. They're like right. She'll walk around a corner and boom, the right camera right in her face and something, mm. and it startles Jeez. her, and she doesn't feel safe. Like who knows that could, that could be somebody attacking her. Like right when when it when it starts encroaching on the pro- her proximity and her safety, I get pissed. And I've got into it with guys. Um, and I say, and I get into it and I say, are you happy with what you're doing? I said, they're like, oh, I have to take this picture. I'm like, yeah, you can do it in in a decent way, respecting somebody's space and privacy. You can get your photo from 30 feet away. You have a lens that's this friggin' long. You don't need to be right up in her face. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you do can be done with... I shouldn't say that, but you can do this job with decency. And I ask people, like, are you really proud of what you're doing? Do you think this is what you're sticking this camera? Asking my wife to answer a political question, she doesn't know you. You didn't even say hi to her. <laughs> you didn't say hi, Julianne. How are you doing today? I'd like to ask you a question. Could I have a minute of your time, please? Right. You said, what do you think about this president? What do you think? Like, are you kidding me, man? Do s- have some common decency and and respect the person before you do that. So mm-hmm. when people don't do that, yeah, I get into it. It reminds me of that time that you bumped into me at the gym. Oh. And I had to push you. 
That's what it reminds me of. You wanna, I did not bump into you at the gym. <laughs> you want to hear? A, you, but you did push me. You want to hear a funny story? You yeah. pushed someone at brick? Here, no. Oh, Here's a funny story. My dad doesn't handle this. I had to learn how to handle this. My dad doesn't handle this as well. At our wedding, there was photographers that pulled up in this boat. I went out to politely talk to him, said, okay, you have your photos. I said, Dad, remember this, the number one rule. Everything you say is on video and audio, even if you don't see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is on video and audio. Remember that. So I went out and talked to these guys. Dad and I are on our boat. And I said, just be quiet. Let me handle it. And I'm like, gentlemen, this is a big day for, for my wife. Um, you've got your photos. And the guy in the boat, he goes, yeah. One guy goes, yeah, we do. And I was like, hey, appreciate just some respect. You got your photos. Can you let her, let us enjoy our day, some privacy. Appreciate you guys. Um, you know, have a nice day. And the other guy's like, no, we're getting more photos. And I'm like, you have your photos, sir. You know, like, can you please just shuffle away? Just don't encroach. Like, this is, a, this is her wedding day. Mm -hmm. You know, like. And uh, it was the day before our wedding. And he's like, no, we'll take whatever photos we want. I have a job to do. I'm like, well, you're making the wow. choice to do that job. You could make the choice on how you want to do that job. You've got your photos. And, and anyway, he's like, no, we're going to, we're staying here. We're not moving. You can call the cops. But we don't, you can't, you can't do anything about it, whatever. And I'm like, all right, have a nice day, man. You know, I hope, um, you know, have a nice day. We're out of here. And my dad, he, he held back everything until right when we go to leave, he goes, you're lucky you're not in Saskatchewan or I'd burn your effing boat and put it at the bottom of the effing lake. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dad. <laughs> like, he couldn't hold it. He was so close. He had to have, yeah, and uh, that's so the way I would have handled it. Trust me, that's the way I want to handle it. Yeah. Um, but my dad couldn't refrain from letting it out in oh, any way. Uh, that boat you were on in some of those photos is beautiful. That, that boat that, was that, beautiful. That wooden boat. Yeah, the old cigar boat. Yeah, a friend of ours in town, it was his boat and he lent it to us for the wedding. When you were traded to the Maple Leafs, um, two days later you were back in DC. Yeah, in DC, crazy. playing against the team that, that you were on for twelve years. Yeah, which is kind of was kind of unheard of, right, for a hockey player to be on a team that long. Uh, yeah, really, I'm really fortunate to be there for that long. Very fortunate that it doesn't happen. Yeah, there's very few people that happens to. And they played a tribute video to you. Yeah, for you while you were on the ice in 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 the Maple Leafs uniform. Yeah. And I'm watching that last night, minute and 27 seconds, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm like, I'm like starting to choke up. Yeah. Like, was how intense was that? Um, wow, it was just, everything was so fresh. I never asked to be moved. In fact, I asked not to be traded because I knew they were talking about me trading. The day before I had a conversation <laughs> with the general manager, said, don't trade me. Mm. We have won more games in NHL than any team in NHL history. At this point in the season, we had 61 or 62 games played, and we'd won more games through 62 games than any team in a 100-year history of the league. Wow. And I said, it ain't broke. Don't break it. Mm -hmm. Don't trade me. Don't break this. It's rolling. Um, anyway, the next day, you traded me. Nice. So uh, it was fresh. It was. But watch this. So what you were saying at the end of this, I start yeah, laughing. This part I'm, is intense for me. You do start laughing? I start laughing because it's the only way to prevent me from crying. Okay, mm -hmm. good. Because I'm, I'm feeling this. 12 years, man, my heart and soul poured into the city. The people of this city were, they adopted me as a son from the age of 20 to 32. I mean, how do I ever respect or, or how do I ever thank them? Not respect, mm -hmm. I respect the crap out of them. How do I ever thank them? So it's starting to get to me there. Right. These are all my buddies. Played 10 years with him, 9 years with him, 7 years with him, spent 12 years with that guy. Oh, so they're choked up as fuck, too. But isn't that every Canadian kid's dream to play for a Canadian hockey team? Like Ottawa, Toronto? Um, uh, maybe. I like I grew up, the Leafs were my favorite team. But watch, so it's really hitting me here, even though I'm not showing it. And I kind of start laughing because I'm about to start crying. Field night for Brooks Life. 
it's the weirdest thing, man. But it was awesome. The, the community was, um, the community was, is still awesome. I still receive tons of support from the community. So thankful for the people of Washington. There. So like I'm, uh, okay. I'm laughing pretty much because I'm. You're holding it all back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pressed right back into service. Yeah. Sometimes you have to laugh just to keep from crying. Yeah. Follow-up question: Is Ovechkin a Russian spy? Uh, uh, am I a Canadian spy? That's the real question you need to ask, too. <laughs> um, no, I don't think he is. Okay. Matt, do you watch hockey? For the record. No, I'm just a sports fan. Yeah. I try to watch the Sharks as much as I can. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah. So so then you play that game. Yeah. Um, and... Um, are, are are you neutered against your old team? Can you like you not? I mean, like, how do you check those dudes? How do you how do you how do you? Like, you're not going to fight any of those guys, right? I shouldn't say that. Two brothers have fought in the NHL. <laughs> Wayne Wayne and uh, what's the other guy's name? Primo. Keith, Wayne and Keith Primo were brothers. They mm. fought each other after the game. They both called their mom and apologized. Like, sorry, mom. <laughs> but like, you just see a jersey and you play. That's that's the business element too. You you flip yeah. a switch. Part of it. You flip that switch, and then it's just like the competitors. They flip the switch. They compete as heck as hard as they can against each other and then after there's a human element you can be friends after hockey guys are hockey guys yeah how how many fights have you been in in the nhl i don't know maybe a half dozen yes i started I, that one right there do you do you know before you're gonna fight or is it just like you're that one i did because i went question. out yeah sometimes it's spontaneous sometimes it just happens you get hit in the face and you're like or somebody lays you on your ass and you're like i need to go this guy mm -hmm. but um but like so, I mean, you've got matchups in hockey, right? Look at the score here, four nothing. They we just got mm -hmm. scored on to make it four nothing. I went out. This was a centerman. And you started it. Yeah, I started it. Right. So like, I just asked. Oh, I was like, man. I need to change this. I need to. I need to fight. I need to do it's something. It's part of the entertainment. Oh, shit. Um, you, you know, if so you... that one I knew. I was. I went out. Look. I was like, okay, right. I gotta. I gotta switch this somehow. We're down four nothing. Do you check with the coach? No. Do you check with? Do you tell your teammates? I don't really know. Have you <laughs> always been an enforcer? I'm not an enforcer, man. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even close to an enforcer. Um, but just sometimes you find yourself, I don't know, in a bout. And you know what? Here's the crazy thing. You fight, you get back to the penalty box, and you go, you're so alive and present. You go, you just run in with adrenaline. You're like, jeez, I should do that every game. <laughs> I should do that every single game. It's only two minutes. And uh, Unless you get like... And, and I never, it never happened to me. I didn't fight enough or whatever to happen. But unless you get, like, knocked out or just the pulp beat out of you. But when you have just a good square fight, maybe you land some, he lands some, whatever, you get back to the penalty box and you're so alive mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, my God, is that awesome. Is is there is there like an etiquette yeah. or an order of yeah. operations as far as fighting goes? Depends. Like you throw a stick, gloves. I mean, I just watched Mighty Ducks. So I'm pulling this from it. Yep. <laughs> there There is. There is somewhat. Yeah. Uh, Decent people will. There's some guys that are. There, there is a code of conduct. Because here's the thing, you are a husband, brother, son, whatever, friend, person, person mm -hmm. that has a life outside of this. I am the same. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a vulnerable position, if I'm down, I expect you not to grab my head and bounce it off the ice. Fair. You know, because I have a life to live after I leave this building. Um, same with you. So if you're down and in a vulnerable position where I could just kill you. I better not do it. But it seems like you see, like this looked pretty respect. You guys squared off before you guys started punching. Yeah. So is that the is punches. that the ultimate goal is to grab the jersey and get him on the ground, or do you want to land some punches first? Oh, yeah, you, you, well, the goal is to just punch it first, punch first, and punch fast. Well, I mean, ultimately, you're trying, <laughs> ultimately, it's like a momentum swing, right? That's it can what you're be. Using yeah. this for it can be. Yeah.
the best part about it is these refs are just, I mean, you just, they just start watching you guys. They don't yeah. even interfere until you guys are on the ground. Yeah. I wouldn't. It's just, it's close. a, um, they're like letting it play. I don't know if play. I started this. I don't know how the, I can't, I, I think you this, push but. them. I think you push them. And what's that? Like, <laughs> hey, you, come here. Red hand. Oh, that's just, yeah. <laughs> that's just an F you. The worst, actually, the worst, the worst I've ever taken a fight. I got back to the penalty box and my nose is just bleeding, just like unstoppable bleeding. I'm like, wow. I thought I won this fight. This guy didn't even hit me. And then I watched the fight after, and I hit my face on the ice when oh. we fell. Oh, oh yeah. No, and yeah. he gets credit for it. And, and yeah. my, my towel is just red in the penalty box, and his is white, and uh, it looks like he beat me up, but it was... Yeah, in practice, is there fighting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With your own teammates? Yeah. I've seen... Uh, that happens in practice. Guys are spirited. Yeah. Guys will protect their space. You come into my space. I love I'm it. Protect Guys are it. spirited. Yeah, it happens. It happens a couple times a year. There'll be fights in practice. It used to happen 15 years ago when I came to the league. It'd be a half dozen at least, 10, 12 fights in practice a year. Really? So, oh yeah. So do you think the league has gotten softer? Uh, it's just shifted. You used to have just guys, guys. There were some guys that were in the league that wouldn't even bring their gloves to the bench <laughs> from the locker room. It's just like I don't need gloves. I'm not going on the ice with gloves. You know, there were there were those types of guys in the league. You don't have that anymore. How old are you when the fights start in the sport? Uh, body contact at 13. So you start fighting at 13. But those are just like cage rages. Everybody has a helmet in a cage, and you just punch each other with your gloves on. Mm -hmm. You would do those in the locker room before you even went out for practice. You would, they were called cage rages. You, just, you put your helmet and gloves on. I put my helmet and gloves on, yeah, and we yeah. just sit there and swing. <laughs> it's fun. It's, boys will be boys, right? Cage rages. If you want money, go to the bank. If you want bread, go to the bakery. If you want goals, go to the net. Go to the net. Ooh. It's pretty simple, right? And you said that after um, you scored two goals against the Atlanta Thrashers. Thrashers. Was that the first game you had scored two goals? I doubt it, but oh. um, I don't know. That ended up being like one of – I don't know how you pulled that, but that ended up being like one of my most quoted You want to know I think you could have made that better? What? You could have ended it with like, if you want biscuits, go to the basket. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> that way. Do you mind taking a three-minute break? No, if you want, sure. Thank you. We now return to your regular programming. I can stick Matt, I can stick yeah. Eric, I can do yeah. whatever I want with this weapon. Yeah. Because you can't fight me, you can't touch me. And you guys are great with the stick. Yeah, you can't touch me. You can't. What are you going to do to me? You can't fight. But, yeah, that makes sense. But I can, if I go do this now, and there's fighting, which there is now, you can legally come and beat the shit out of me. Pump me with two black eyes. You deserve so it. I'm not gonna do as much of this because you can do that. Uh, it regulates. So, yes. so yeah, I get that. That makes sense. <laughs> so, so if someone hits you with a stick, and then you punch them, you don't go to the penalty box. You'll probably both go. He'll probably get a slashing, and you'll probably get a roughing. There's those are minor penalties, but in two minutes, then you can come back out. But hitting with a stick is a big no-no. It is, but it happens all the time. There's that's probably the most common penalty in the sport is slashing or hooking. Yeah. Damn. This is some of the most fun I've had in this room. Like, say the last ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's it's power a gnarly play. sport, man. <laughs> yeah, it's powerful. You want play. that yeah. man up? Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll deliberately try and get you to slash me, Sevon. Like I I will irritate you. I will push 
the legal limit of the rules to irritate you. Maybe I just give you a little jab that the ref doesn't right see. Right when the ref is looking. Yeah, though. like maybe I just like slide this out uh, just a couple inches and stick that in your ribs, and the ref doesn't see it. So you get so mad at me and you turn and you pop me. Great, pop me. I'll take that punch. Run the power play. I'll score a goal. The refs always see retaliation. Yes. So. So much of that goes on, and that's that's the game within the game. It's like Frazier talking to people at the games, right? Right. What what is that? Tell me, please. Tell well, me I mean, what I that just, is. I mean, Savon could probably tell us more about it. It's non. It's not. Uh, if he's not focused on himself, he's fucking with your head. Oh. You know what I mean? Like you're in the warm-up area, and he'll walk by, and he'll he'll crack jokes. And a lot of it's fun, you know. It was like, what did you say? It's to, all it's all it's all fun. It was like, what did you say to Gerard before the snatch? Yeah, like Ger- he, Gerard. He, like 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 Frazier snatched two seventy-five, and Ricky saw him, and he was like, "That's your max, right?" Yeah, uh, that's Ricky. Yeah, <laughs> shit like that. Gotcha. And Vellner does that. A lot of the guys will do that down there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. part of their it's part of their it's, warm-up. Yeah. I'd l- gamesmanship. Yeah, right? I'd like to see how they Spirit. operate. Because like I know the hockey culture and how that, but I'd like to see what it is in, in because they're they are individuals, which I've never been in an individual sport. I'd just like to see that dynamic amongst the athletes. Are they buddies with each? I'm sure there's some that are buddy buddy that are awesome friends and supporters of each mm-hmm. other. Um, maybe more so amongst male and female because they're not in direct competition. But does it exist between males and males or females and females? I think it's more that they're friends than enemies. Like that's yes, pretty rare. Like yes, I, I don't even yes. remember anybody doing anything like that until Matt. No, but it can, especially close to the event. Oh, start. I don't know. Josh and Josh and Rich, even it though they were friends, they would Josh and Rich would do some. I guess I'm just more familiar with the female side, and it's like that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Dude, no, the, the women don't talk any smack. No, to each other. The dudes are definitely talking smack to each other. Yeah. Like, hey, tell me how I look from behind. You know what I mean? And shit like that. Hey, I'm concerned that my gate's a little fun. You know what I mean? Just a lot of like... Um, they put them in a corral before they come out. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. And that corral um, is... You know, guys, have people have different ways. The women are usually um, pretty quiet in the corral. The men are, are 50%, you know, yeah, making small talk. It's really, really nerve-wracking before they come out. Why? Uh for you or for no, them? No, no, for them. You know, before that three, two, one, go, I mean, they are amped out of their fucking mind. And someone like Fraser is like totally amped out of his fucking mind. Like you can see in his eyes, like he'll, he'll be on this before they call his name. He'll be like doing like vomiting motions. Yeah. It's weird. It's like they're, they're in the stalls and like, it's wider than you are. So you kind of like leaning, but you're not leaning on one side. Cause you're like somebody else's area like there's some really like jockey he's like he's like a race car that's in neutral and it's got the foot on the gas but he's standing perfectly still but you can just feel it from him yeah i mean he yeah he is there with one fucking objective see and that's awesome because that's (laughs) a mission right oh he is so mission driven yeah Yeah. and he does it i'm assuming that he does it so much he just he you know he gets almost he almost makes himself vomit and he will what lean do, over to the. What bushes. do you mean by make? How do you make yourself vomit? How, what do you mean by that? Um, you know, he's. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not him, but I only can imagine it is like you know, like before. Have you ever had that? Like before, you're gonna go speak in front of a large crowd. Nerves. And you, yeah, nerves. Yeah, his. Not nerves. to vomiting. No. Well, his, excitement. Some, no, people, some people are pukers. You can see it in the 2016 behind the scenes. We're waiting um, to go into the tennis stadium, and Scott Panchik's like, "You want to get that?" Mm-hmm. And, and I pan the can over and. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
And he's kind of like almost dry heaving. Fraser's almost dry heaving. And then he went into the stadium and destroyed everyone. See, uh, that's actually one of my favorite parts about hockey was being in the tunnel before we came out. When there was 19,000 people in the building, the building was just, you could feel the vibration in the wall. You could, they had the music going, and you're in the tunnel about, and you're just about to unleash this insane mm-hmm. amount of energy. It's a, such a beautiful pocket. Um, I actually really appreciated that time. Mm-hmm. And guys, different guys mm-hmm. handle it different. Some guys are lighthearted, make jokes, and kind of have mm-hmm. fun. That's how they stay light and don't get it. And some guys are uber-focused and quiet and don't don't say a word, don't even look at somebody. I mean, everybody handles it differently. How did you handle it? I was actually like, our, I was I would count down the clock, so I'd be like, uh, but I would, I'd ramp the energy up. I'd be like, one minute! Yeah. And so everybody's lined up, and I'd be like, 30! <laughs> I... Then, uh, I mean, I think that's such a difference between a team and an individual sport, too. Like, before water polo games, we just, that was the best time right before the game. Because everybody's so pumped up. You're, like, with your team, you're all jumping around and cheering, and, like, you're just all so pumped to play. Yeah. But individual, like, these guys are just the top of the top. They're all the best at this, that it's, like, every fucking second, every step matters. Uh Uh-huh. And she's a Pressure. silent storm usually. Tia, the chick who won Tia, yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah, she is usually of of the crew. Um, you, the other girls will be small talking. That's typical of Carl Webb to be biting her nails back there. Sarah yeah. Sigmund's daughter's really quiet usually. Is she really? In the corral, yeah. In she's the corral. very talk. She's got a very bright personality. She talks a lot. At least from what I've seen, I've never mm-hmm. met her. But um, Emily Abbott cracking all sorts of crazy jokes, trying to choke, really lighthearted at times. Yeah, everybody's different, and no one way is right or wrong. It's it's awesome to have a variety. Everybody can handle the business differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've all, but this is what I'm curious. This is like I love I love your guys' media. Just um, seeing the behind the scenes, and that's why I want to go around. I want to train with these people. I want to meet these athletes. I'm such a fan of these athletes. I can't wait to. I connected with some of them socially, but I want to do something with them. Are you going to come to the games uh, this year in Madison? Uh, when is it exactly? Because we have a couple. Like August. 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 Oh, uh, potentially if it's if you've got a wedding, have, cancel it. Yeah, this uh, yeah. is um, this is a very special event. You will definitely want to see this. I know. Just when you think you know CrossFit, um, you come to the games and the community. It's it's like the Grateful Dead concert, but with CrossFitters. Yeah. Uh. It's August like the first August to August fifth. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, I have something from the fifth to sixteenth of August. I know for a fact. So, but I could squeeze it in there. Ooh. Great, we'll see you there. Yeah, it's the happiest place <laughs> on earth. It is so great. It's oh, it's, it's it's like the stuff, it. it's, it's my two boys. I was telling you about right there. Yeah. <laughs> Noah, eyes closed. Come on, you're better than that, Noah. Oh, it's just a blink. It's a quick blink. <laughs> By the way, have you seen his mobility? Insane. It's crazy. Yeah, and he's he, a specimen. So he he put a video up the other day of him and his buddies. One RMing their overhead squat. He he hit, or they went like this. He had it on his shoulder and he dropped under it to and it hit 345. Snatch yeah, snatch yeah. bounce 340. And I was like, I just tested my one RM squat and it was 365. How do you snatch balance 345? 365. That's pretty impressive. Wait, you're saying that about yourself? Yeah. You overhead squatted 365? No, I Sorry. squatted 365. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, right. My overhead squat one RM is like 210 or something, 215. I can't even remember. Um, well, you spent the last decade and a half like this. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I got work to do. <laughs> I know, dude. I got so we, much we all work do. to do. <laughs> so I've been over at for a decade, and I still have work to do. Uh, uh, it's fun. We've, um, man, we've covered a lot of ground. What else do you want to know, boss? Let's let's go back to the love thing one more time. Let's take a stab at love one more time. 
at, at two years old, you're giving skates. By the time you're eight, according to some of the stuff I've read, you fully know you, you've, you've committed. Oh, I'm wired in. Yeah. You've signed a 30 year deal with yeah. um, the hockey gods. Yeah. Are you, are you scared at all? ever about commitment about like this singular commitment now now you're married no. and you're in love and like like you're let's say you live another 60 years no how do you know that this is the right woman for 60 more know. years same as how did i know hockey you commit without any guarantee so when i committed to play hockey it was a, it was a full-on 100 percent two feet in commitment with zero guarantee the only guarantee was that i was betting on myself you know so that's that's why I told my dad I'm not going to college. I'm not writing the SAT. I will make this work, um, and and he shouldn't be mad at me. He taught me that independence. Um, so the same thing with a relationship. You know, there's zero guarantee. There is zero, absolute zero, because you have a whole nother life that could switch like this if she chose. This woman could do anything she would. Today is International Women's Day, by the way. So. Much love and honor Thanks, to Kara. the women. You guys are amazing. <laughs> um, and you don't need us to say that or anything. It's just nice to acknowledge. Well, you, thank you for acknowledging. Yes. <laughs> and she doesn't need anything from me to own the world. She can get the world in her hands like that if she wants it. She is an incredible woman. Um, but I just want to commit and give what I have to her. There's no guarantee back. You know, If I'm only giving with ex expectation of getting something in return, I don't think you're really giving for the right purpose. Are your parents still married? Yes, they are. 40, they got married in 76, 42 years, Bicentennial. 43 years. No, they got married in 74. Never mind. Yeah, 74, 76. Yeah, they're 43, 74, I think, that got married. Yeah, so is, they're... Is your brother older than you? He's younger, two years younger. Did he Did he play professional hockey? No, he didn't, no. He he didn't have the desire and, desire and drive to get better. He just played because his buddies played, which was a real interesting dynamic so, at home. So he never got to hoist the Calder Cup? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good research, man. <laughs> I don't even know where my Calder Cup ring is. What is that? It's a minor league championship. I won a minor league championship. So the level below the NHL, I won a minor a, a championship there. I know. It's kind of, that's the, that's the trippiest part about being a pro athlete. Like you're the best and then you go into this, you're all, you're a big, you're always a big fish in a small pond. And then when you turn pro, it's just fucking all these big fish in this big pond, right? But that's where you want to be. You seek right. that out. Right. It's the only way you can ever fully... My, my curiosity my whole life was what kind of hockey player could I become? How can I express myself through this sport? Um, and so the only way to do it is to be in a room with the best. That's where you want to be. I haven't... Here's the thing. Since I was released, I have not touched the ice. I haven't even gone back to the rink to pick up my equipment. That's November. That's November. Thanksgiving Day I was released. I haven't even gone to the rink oh. yet to pick up my equipment what, because now I'm not competing against the best. So that it, I still love the sport, but what I've done is I've grabbed the competition from that and repurposed mm -hmm. it in this area of my life. So three months you haven't been in skates. Is that no. the longest you've gone without being on skates? 100% my entire life. two years old? Yeah. God, on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah. Holy shit. But I repurposed that competition. So... It so was, you're re you're really vulnerable, and we still couldn't get you to talk about women. That's amazing. <laughs> go back to the school of interviewing. <laughs> Why was it weird that your brother played for camaraderie and friendship, and 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 you were playing for? Why was it weird? What yeah, do you, mean by or that? you said it was it was interesting. Oh, was it, yeah, because my dad coached me, and I wanted to absorb every ounce of information and ask more questions. Why? How? How can we do that? How? Can, and I was seven, nine, eleven. This happened my whole life. 
Um, and my brother didn't want to know anything. <laughs> and so it put my dad in an interesting, like, well, Jordan, the guy skated around you and scored. You should care about that. That should, you should do this to prevent that. Dad, I don't care. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. And, <laughs> and my dad couldn't wrap his brain around this. I couldn't wrap my brain around this. And so my mom would have to be the, the, the mediator and say, hey, we're not right. talking about hockey at the supper table here. Like, this, mm -hmm. it's going to turn into something. So, um, but my brother still plays rec hockey, loves, still loves the sports. It was just different. He's big. My brother's like six, almost six four, like two fifty. Like he he breaks collarbones out on the ice. He hits hard in, in rec league. Oh yeah, mm. in rec league. But uh, he doesn't play. He has two kids now. He doesn't play as much anymore. But um, he had size. He had size like I didn't have size. Like oh, and he could shoot a puck like a ton. They would just pass to him, and he would tee up the slappers, mm -hmm. and just people would just move because they didn't want to touch that puck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he he had great gifts. He just he just didn't have the desire to go compete. There was a um, I was watching some of the highlights and of your highlights on YouTube, and there was someone hit the puck, and <clears throat> I guess you blocked it with your body, and they said, "Oh, and Brooks sacrifices his body again mm -hmm. or something." And I never thought of that. Is that what that is? Like someone shoots, and you just fucking skate in front of it and take the hit? Yeah. So here's the thing: if that puck doesn't, if I can control that puck not getting to the net, it's not going to go in. So I, it's not that I don't trust my goaltender, but if I know that that puck doesn't get through me to the net, it's not going in. So one of my, I actually led the league the one year in block shots. So it means I blocked the most shots with my body um, than any other forward in the league. And do all of those hurt? Oh, uh, not all of them. No, actually, the closer here's the here's the weird thing. There's some guys seven. So some guys can shoot the puck 105 miles an hour, and it's six ounces of frozen rubber coming mm. at you. Like you line up, and you're like, oh, this one's gonna hurt. There's some guys you know it's gonna hurt, but the closer that I can get to you. Sounds weird. The closer that I can get to you, the less likely it is it's going to hurt me because I can control the block. I can control, I can get it angled into the pads or pants or something where it's not going to get me on bone or in the ribs or in the neck or potentially in the face oh, or something. Oh, in the neck? I've, man, I broke bones in my face. I've taken two slap Ooh. shots in the face. Ooh. But that happens when you're a ways away from the puck. If you can get close to the puck, I can take it in the legs or something, the skates. But if I'm ways away, if I'm 30 feet away, that has enough time to elevate and potentially catch me yeah, higher. Were, were you more of like a get on the ice guy? Were you like a turn, hit the back, or just catch turn, it on the drop, fly? Just drop like this. So I'd get right to the side and then right at the... Look, I would, he still winces even when he's well, demoing. <laughs> yeah, it's because he winces yeah, it's a just, little. It's just a uh, habit. But I would have my eyes focused on it until right as he shot it, I would turn my head and try and hide behind my my shoulder. You've been working overhead squats, so you've got the shoulder now. Just in case it rose up or hit a bump and rode right up, and I didn't want to take it right in the right in the Smart. living room. You Smart. know. Ouch. So, I try to watch it as long as you can to try and control the block, know which way he's gonna, the angle of his stick. Is he gonna shoot it that side or this side? That um, kind of stuff. Do you wear something? Do you wear something to protect your mouth? No. So a, a I didn't. Shock, I, I didn't have a shield either. A shot could just go right in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that must happen every year in the NHL, right? Oh yeah, someone takes all the time. Oh man, it happens all the time, and it, as you see this thing. It's just they lose teeth. Like some guys will lose. You see a teammate lose eight teeth in just one shift. Oh man, like, holy oh, shit! God, so just... when you had when when you had when the puck came in and and, and broke a bone on your face, do you, do you leave the game? Yeah, there's two times it happened. Well, one was in practice. One was in practice. It just feels <sighs> the first one I took. Uh, I don't know how many bones it broke or whatever it was the end of the season i can't even remember but i was done um i went to the hospital they put an ice bag on my face and i couldn't even feel it 
Ooh. Couldn't even feel the cold. It was just my face was just, there was something. Yeah, so anyway. Like um, some nerve got severed or something? Yeah, I still have nerve damage coming through because your nerves come through your cheek. I'll do it on this. It was this side, but on your cheek, your nerves come through your bones here and they come down to your mouth, whatever. And those nerves are, are like partially dead on me and it's actually. Oh, I thought that was uneven. Botox that you were yeah, doing. No. <laughs> um, and then the second time that I took a slapper in the face, I was going by our net. I didn't see the puck coming. I was trying to check a guy and it just hit me. And uh, ended up broke, breaking like three bones in seven spots or something. And they oh wouldn't God. let me play because I tried to, I was like, okay, well, I can skate. Like, it's a long way from my legs. I can skate. You're a hockey player. You're going to try to play. Yeah. Uh, but they said you, you don't have enough stability in your face. If you take a hit, um, your face could, put, your eye could literally droop because you don't have enough oh. stability around it. And you could end up with a deformation. So they didn't, I had to miss four games. So basically, you're saying you feel no pain. No, you teach yourself. You, you make it, I made it a law to brand myself that when our team plays, I play. That was the law. So regardless if you're sick, if you're hurt, if you're tired, if you're whatever, that I would play. That was the, that was the way I approached it. My dad only missed three days of work in 33 years or 35 years. He only missed three days of work. And I, so I saw this every day from my parents at home. So this wasn't a, I saw this. I saw the way you a person should operate and like I said I'm a loyal guy I gave everything I had to my organizations my dad gave everything he had to to the people he was serving and the organization the school he was serving and I saw this every day and so I was cultured that way so it's not so much an issue of being tough it's an issue of finding a way to be accountable more, more loyalty it's yeah. so gotta be a cousin of loyalty yeah well and here's the thing I loved hockey man I wake up every day I wanted to play that sport I'd find a way to do it so I used to feel that way about Budweiser's <laughs> Probably when you were in your prime. <laughs> um, oh, how funny. did your path cross with CrossFit? I moved, I uh, got engaged, moved from Canada to L.A. And one of the first people I met in L.A., uh, his name is a good friend of mine, Lewis Howes. He has one of the top 50 podcasts in the world, School of Greatness, Lewis Howes. Great friend of mine. I said, Lewis, where do the athletes train in town? I need, put me in a, I don't know any gyms around here. Put me somewhere where the athletes train. He goes, go to Brick CrossFit, ask for JP. Hmm, nice. Went to Brick CrossFit, asked for JP. He hooked me up with uh, Craig Avera and Cees Flores, who I talked about before. And that. Had it. you heard of CrossFit before this? I had, yeah. And then I did CrossFit for like three weeks, sports-specific CrossFit for three weeks at the end of the summer in 2015, the last three weeks of August. And then we started hockey in September. And then in 16, in the summer of 16, was the first time I really started doing more of CrossFit with hockey. And then did it this summer. And then now, since I've retired, so I've only ever actually done full-out CrossFit for three months since I retired but had elements of it in three weeks in 15, a full summer in 16, a full summer in 17. And what was your exposure in 15? Who who, who was it? Were they L1 certified? What movements did you do? What do you do in three weeks of CrossFit? Uh, I had Craig Avera for a week, and I had Cease Flores, and they just kind of introduced me to it. Even in 2015? In 2015, yeah. They just okay. kind of introduced me to it because at that point, I had already trained for three months for hockey. I had trained May, June, and July, a little bit of August, and camp was right around the corner. We were going to camp in three weeks, so we're not going to reinvent the wheel here. I am in peak <laughs> condition ready for camp let's sustain this don't hurt me so they introduced me to some of the movements I did a lot of what I was already doing went to camp and then the next summer we came back and we cleared the slate and said okay let's explore this what elements of CrossFit can I take to make 
be a hockey player. I had to educate them on hockey, and they had to educate C's had to educate me on CrossFit, and then we married the two, and it's still an ongoing conversation today. And he's one of my favorite people to see at the gym every day, and you guys will know his name. C's Flores, insanely bright, talented young guy, um, and we just explore human engineering. Man, it's so gnarly. So, so let me see. I'm gonna <clears throat> see if I understand this. 2015, you're with. Mr. Howes, and he says, check out CrossFit. Yeah. And before then, you had heard of it. You had heard of it. Um, did you have feelings about it? Did you have thoughts about it? Did you? Didn't know anything about it. Didn't know an athlete in it. Didn't know who Rich Froning was. Didn't know. Okay. And then it was the summer of 16 where I started watching like some YouTube videos. Okay. And stuff. And then started following it. I was like, holy, look at the, look at the strength and power and speed of these guys, but the mobility. Look at the mobility of these guys. And I think that's the foundation of all athleticism, the ability to move. Stack, like if you're doing like your pyramid thing, stack the bottom layer as movement. If you can have such the widest range of movement, then you can, tack, you can stack power and speed and everything else and, and specific skills right up to the elite point on top of that. But if you cannot move, you're not going anywhere. And these guys could move. And girls, women, could move. And now it's 2018... And what, so, so you dabbled in 15, you dabbled in 16, and now it's 2018. When did you, like it, now it seems like you're really on the train. Yeah. And you're headed down the road. When, when did that happen? So November, and Thanksgiving Day I was released from the Kings. And then in December I said, okay, I'm going to relaunch. I'm probably done hockey. I'm going to relaunch January 1st my new fitness life. Like I can really commit time to CrossFit. So all of oh, December. Oh, so you knew. It was, you knew you were going to. Yeah, because okay. I knew I wasn't going to leave home. I wasn't going to do long distance with my wife. So I pretty much knew hockey was done. Um, or I guessed it was anyway. And so I wanted to use December to get a baseline information of where I was athletically. Okay. So I hit a bunch of tests, a bunch of 1RMs, a bunch of workouts. So I had a reference point to then build my fitness off. I could find out every single weakness I had, which is actually why I'm excited for the Opens, because my weaknesses are going to be exposed and I'll learn more about myself. Um, but I tested everything through the month of December, gathered all this information and data on myself, on where I was. And then C's and I sat down, came up with a training program to get me to the open, and then we'll revisit that after. So we have specific weaknesses. I was trying to build a lot of strength, had endurance in legs and lungs, and but I didn't have overhead, like upper body strength and endurance, power, didn't have that kind of, Olympic lifts had never really done much of, um, so we tried to train a lot of that before the open, um, and I have specific fitness goals that I want to get to, and now we revisit those goals after the open and, and start programming the next segment of the year. You had um, surgery, abductor surgery? Yeah, groin, yeah, uh, twice. T tell me that, what is the abductor, and, 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 what, and tell me about the surgery. Uh, I think, Kara, you had abductor shit, didn't you? I did years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. Years ago. Uh, it was an adductor, adductor. AD adductor. So it's the groin tendon that comes right up here to attach to your pelvis or whatever, right up here. And what they, it got so tight and so sore, I couldn't, I could hardly even get out of bed. I could hardly even get in a vehicle to get to the rink and then try and play hockey. Anyway, they went in. Essentially, what they did, they went in to cut me open up here, and went in. They just snipped my adductor tendon in half and cut about a centimeter out of it, so it couldn't reattach. So my adductor tendon is literally just floating in my leg. What? Um, oh, currently, they yeah. didn't reattach it. No, they didn't reattach oh. it, so that it couldn't get tight, and and oh, wow. that's the way. And I had p groin pain for two years. They snipped it. Nine hours later in my hospital room, I was jumping around on one leg. I'm like, it's gone. This is amazing. 
Wow. Okay. This is amazing. Hold on a second here. There's okay. I thought you needed that thing. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> it's designed in the human body, right? So it's not like I want to get rid of it. Yeah. So they just slip that. They cut a centimeter out of it. I actually have photos of it. And so now this tendon is just floating here, and there's a gap between where it goes here and into there. Um, oh, so it's not the entire thing. It's just like this. It's a tendon. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's a tendon. Um, just relieve a little pressure. But, I mean, God designed you one way. Sure, would I like to have it? Yeah. But And that's the unfortunate thing about sport, too, is is there's so many things. Like, I'm recalibrating my bodies because it's been beat up, and I have imbalances Mm -hmm. from 15 years of pro hockey one it's an asymmetric mm -hmm. sport you're heavily low you shoot one way um but then two somebody can blow by you and like i blew a shoulder out in december of 2016 somebody just drills you from the blind side and boom there goes your shoulder so things are forced on you in crossfit you get injuries the guys get injuries but um you get injuries in hockey through things you didn't do that somebody does to you and so a big part of my life now is recalibrating. I'm trying to work through every little injury and thing that I still have present with my body from hockey, and CrossFit is going to completely balance me out so I'm athletically neutral and then can really start going after peak performance so I don't have any weaknesses. And then when you add a heavier weight or more volume, those weaknesses get exposed and turn to injuries. So I'm on a, I'm a big science experiment. I right feel now. like that, that's a big thing as far as crossfit. Matt's a big experimenter. Yeah. Too. Yeah. He experiments with his Love body. Love it, man. Daily, hourly, minutely. Yeah. But I feel like a big thing with crossfitters is really understanding your body. Like when if I have something that hurts, like, so I was driving to work today and I like reached down to like hit the stereo or something and I've got this pain right here in my shoulder. And I was like, oh, I know what that's from. I've, I've had that before. I had this issue. And it's like a really tight lat. Yeah. My lat and it pulls here. Yeah. But. A year ago, it took me like two months to figure that out. Yeah. I was just experimenting, experimenting with my body. It's like, okay, what makes this hurt? Why does it hurt? Do we yeah. need surgery? No, I think there's a cause. What's the root to it? Yeah. And I think that's one thing that CrossFitters have is a curiosity about the body. Yeah. Do you understand how it works? It's like learning how to work on a car, right? Yeah. You know, the more you know, the less you got to go to the mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. What do they tell you that the risks are to get that cut? Like the pros and the cons? Uh, that maybe you lose five, ten percent of your speed. That potentially, because that's that's a big element of what your retraction is. So speed isn't just about how fast you can push away from something. It's also the retraction. It's like a piston, how fast you can reload that piston to fire again, right? So after I had that, I did a lot of running on the beach. Did a lot after I had that surgery to build those muscles back up because you're pushing against an unstable surface. So you're not going to get your speed from pushing away. You're it forces your retraction to be so much faster. So after that happened, I did a lot of, which was, I was fortunate to be in LA, did a lot of beach sand workouts to retrain that muscle to fire quickly, the retraction muscles to load. And because we can, we can push, we can find a stable surface to push away from all the time. Go to any gym, any floor is a stable surface to push away from. So you don't have to train your retraction that much. After I had this, I had to retrain my retraction. Like you, like you noticeably. Um, I just, I was aware of it going in. I just knew, okay, I was like, I'm going to lag. Without that tendon, that's my ability to refire. It also stops and helps you refire, right? Your, your leg's only going to be able to push so far. In hindsight, would you still do the surgery? I would have done it earlier. I tried to fix myself for two years mm. before that unsuccessfully. I did the surgery, and, and the doctor says to me, he goes, Brooks, you had no chance. And I said, shoot, I should Why? What did he see? It was just so right, tight? Right at the insertion point here, it was went like this and locked into just a ball. 
And he, he said, you had no chance of getting out of pain. It just went like this. And, and it was so tight. I had no chance of getting out of pain. He said, you should have come. And he goes, you had no chance. And I threw every ounce of effort I had at this thing. I explored everything. Um, couldn't fix it. Damn. So I should have done the surgery earlier. And, 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 but it was being a professional athlete and pushing so hard that, that caused the problem, right? Yeah. And it's, it's a, what's a blessing is sometimes a curse. It was, oh, I, I'm okay. I'm, I didn't listen to my body. You, you, you go through a lot of actually like sensory deprivation to train yourself not to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. That this, this does not connect to this. This does not negotiate with, or this, the body does not negotiate with the mind. The body performs. That's the way it is. And that helped, that served me a lot in my, in my sport. It also negatively affected me. A loyalty that betrays your body. Yeah. Well, so sounds like it was worth it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, ten out of ten, I would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you? Um, are you a religious guy? Uh, actually, I've I've found I don't know if I'm religious. I found spirit a little bit in the last. I found a, we my wife and I go to an amazing church in Los Angeles that's really connected me spiritually. I've really just sort of discovered and and made growth in that area of my life in probably the last eighteen months. Does right. that does that qualify as a Jesus punch? No, I don't think so. Okay, right. he'd be freaking out. Yeah, yeah, good point. Okay, um, I, on the, we 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 on the po- we had another podcast and a guy was talking about being Jesus punched. Um, okay, you I any, thought it was a comment. Have you been oh, Have you been Jesus punched? I don't even know what that is. Okay, um, do you know the term Anitja? No. Okay, because you said um, in in one of the podcasts I listened to in 2012, some guy said something. and You said this too shall pass. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that's a, that's a Buddhist saying. Yeah, and in uh, Sanskrit, it's anicca. Okay. Yeah. So I just yeah. thought, hmm, I wonder if he's got. Is no. your church a Buddhist church? No. No. Okay. No. You played hockey. Your whole life. You right. found love. You found CrossFit. Yeah. CrossFit's trying to get squeeze some of that love. Yeah. Squeeze into your love life. <laughs> um, you see CrossFit for. Um, so many things, injury prevention, health. Elite performance, yeah, so many, yeah. Elite Community, performance. connection, social connection. You were a cold weather guy, you're a warm weather guy. Still do both, yeah. Oh, you're not abandoning the, the north yet? No, I still love. You think you'll ever move back up there? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I told my wife, you divorce me, I'm staying in Cali, babe. I love it so much. Hey, your wife is never, ever going to fucking leave you. I hope not. Um, kids are, um, you, you like kids. Do you have any um, nieces or nephews? Yeah. Um, my sister has three kids. My brother has two kids. And then on my wife's side, there's 20 nieces and nephews. Wow. Counting her stepbrothers and sisters. So, yeah. So. And do I, they love you? Or are you the cool uncle? Um, I don't know. So, I mean, uh, compete with my wife a little in that regard. I bet. I bet. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, like a couple of the boys play hockey now and stuff, and they've started since I came into the family. And so, um, I don't know, I just really enjoy sharing that with them. But uh, I don't know, we we love kids, we do, we, both of us. My wife loves kids, too. Have you been to a hockey game since you've retired? Oh, sorry, since you've taken a break? I have not, no. 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 Um, are you tempted to go to one? Uh... Maybe if a friend comes through town, go watch a friend. But um, 
I don't know. It's it's hockey will hockey's kind of circled away from me a little bit because I'm I now have energy to explore everything else. Right, I can sink everything into CrossFit or these other areas, connecting with people that I didn't have time to before or something. I can explore other things, but I know that it's it's circling and it's going to come back in a heavy way at some point and come back into my life. Just um, I don't know. Right now, just exploring other things. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. I think it makes perfect sense. I can relate to that. Really? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I played water polo in college. Oh, carried it too. God, that's And I feel like hard. by the time I ended, I, when when I was done, I was like, I can't, I can't handle this at all anymore. Yeah. Like, I didn't even want to go into a pool for really? like yeah. years afterwards. And then it came back and I got back into it and I was like, oh, it's like, cool. It's like, a, it's like a new fire was lit for it. Yeah. Not quite at the level that it used to be, yeah. but there was an appreciation there that I, that was um, renewed. Yeah. That's good advice. I think it's different for everybody, but I mean, as much as I can relate. Yeah, it'll take some time for me for sure. It'll take some time to find a way to enjoy and appreciate the sport without the high level competition in it. Yeah, yeah. I've been mm -hmm. wired that way. I mean, for that's so that's long. very similar to what Dan said, right? Exactly. And now Dan's staring that right in the face. Like yeah. Dan, we he had hurt. Yeah, he's not. He got hurt, and he was on here, and Savon asked him. He was like, "Hey, are you going to do masters when you're done with individual competition?" And what did what did Dan say? It was no. Yeah, so no. But yeah. the second time he was in here, now he's talking about doing team and yeah. See, yeah, you need it comes to, back. Yeah, I think you're absolutely. Did right. you see? The, um, we just watched a video that they're going to show in 18.2. Joe Novella showed it to us that they're going to do on the broadcast. Did you see Three. how big Dan's? Oh, I know. His arms. I know. I wasn't. I was like, I, I was like, I saw it. I was like, holy smokes, his arms are ginormous. Either that's a small shirt, but it's not because I know his body's type is like that. And his arms are huge. So you gotta get a wider lens for behind the scenes when Dan's on there. His oh, arms man. are huge. <laughs> um, you posted on Twitter, um, "Hey guys, I'm going to be on the podcast, CrossFit podcast." Yeah. Um, is there anything that we should address? Can we pull that up? Was there anything on there that, that everybody wants up? to know what eighteen three is? And it's like, why? You find out what four hours before. What are you going to do to prepare differently? Right. Like, but everybody just wants Tune the inside in. scoop. But I don't yeah, think nobody. anyone in this. I don't think anyone in this room knows. Do you know, Kara? No. Somebody asked me a great question: Is CrossFit look at opening a HQ overseas anywhere? Are you going to have an office over there anywhere? Like we a physical building. Do yeah, we like do have an office? More of a presence. Yeah. We do have an office, and yes, we are localization is one of our our big, 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 big things we're doing right now. Um, mm -hmm. Last year, we launched a dozen localized social media accounts. Mm -hmm. um, I think we just opened a small office in the Netherlands. Yes, Netherlands, yeah. Mm. Um, and we are opening an office in China. Wow. So here's here's a question for me, if I can access you guys while I'm here. Um, I don't want to talk about her. What is, what, what is the future of CrossFit? Where is the sport heading? Let's do different things. Right? Let's let's go. Well, let's go. Let's go three to five years out, and then big picture after that. Next three years, what are we going to see in Cross? We talked about this. So I talked about this unspecified AMRAP that I think Dave should put in there. That's a fucking great idea. So you guys weren't in here for no. Savon and I were talking about this before. I emailed Dave Castro and I said, "Dude, everything in your sport is measured. You measure everything. It's easy to know how hard I need to go where the when I know where the goal line is. Overtime playoff hockey, you don't know when this is going to end. Mm -hmm. It's an unspecified AMRAP. You don't have a time limit. I don't know if it's going to end in two minutes or it might take 58 more minutes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you need to introduce something at the games, whether he does it. I hope he does it this year or in the next couple of years. 
uh, you need to introduce something at the games where the AMRAP, the length of time, is not specified. So you tell athletes, here are your three movements, go. And we'll, we'll, we'll s hit a buzzer when it's time to end. And most reps win. So how fast do you go? Because you don't know. There are there are open workouts that are like that. Are there? There have been in the past. What? Wh yeah, like the, the ladders where it's like oh you have two movements. You have to finish it within a certain amount of time. And then if you do, you get to go on. If you're not that fit, you're done. But I th I yeah. think if you're super I fit, you keep going. I think it's in the same vein, but what he's getting at is... It is you, in the same vein. You don't know when it's going to stop. So yeah. do you redline off the bat, or do you hold a steady pace? Like, you're just you're guessing. So he's how saying, hard can you go when you don't know where the finish is? Right. You, I say, see what you mean. He's yeah. saying yeah. it's a 400-meter right, right run, there. 20 push-ups, 20 pull-ups. Right. I'll tell you when to stop. Right. Like, are might, you, if you're told to do Fran, but you don't know if you're supposed to do something else, like, are you going to PR your Fran right now, yeah. or are you going to chill and do your Fran? Basically, what it does, it takes all game planning and throws it out the door. Yes. Right. And so right. now you now you test an athlete's now, – now this is mental. This is all mental. How hard can you push? Because that's overtime playoff hockey. How hard can I push? Because I want to end this right now. I need to push to end this, but I don't know if it's ending now or three hours from now. So the workout could be a 12-minute AMRAP. What if it's a 36? Six-minute AMRAP. Right. You are going to see athletes crumble uh, yeah, yeah, mentally because yeah. right. right. they cannot move anymore. You're going to see, right. and you're going to see other athletes that just like so much of CrossFit is put them on the row, put them on the row, and be like, you know, I'll tell you when it's over. Yeah, just keep moving. Right. That's so much of CrossFit. Yeah. Make sure you are moving. What did Dave say? Did he respond to you? Yeah, we we exchanged about it. And I, uh, the only thing we we're uh, what we were talking about is if you have different fleets of athletes. The second fleet that come, like the first fleet might come out and say go, and then somebody in the stands could tell the second uh, fleet it's 32 minutes. Oh, that's why. And then we you were know, saying just have them go all at once. That's why everybody go at once. You know, yeah. Were you there that one time that Lori, our coach at at Cross of Santa Cruz, did that to us one time? It, we had a workout, mm -hmm. and she didn't start a clock. She started her own clock. Yeah. And so we had no idea where we were. I think the the time was specified, but we had to guess in our head. Like oh, how to pay. Yeah, that's, what, that's what so we're talking about. Know. Yeah. It yeah. was similar, so, uh, but we did know that there was an end time. We just couldn't see it. Yeah. Uh, so Dave knows it's a 26-minute AMRAP. Right. But no, none of the competitors know right. that. So how hard can you go for how long when you don't know right. where the end goal is? And then all of a sudden he says, Bang, and you okay. have 1,000 reps, and that other person has 972. Will you win? or so, you know. Just it's like cool how test. everyone in the room knew there were sparks between you and Dan. But... You don't think any of us know. Everyone on YouTube yeah, knew. Yeah, yeah, but everyone on YouTube knows. Hey, you know, let, let me let me bring this idea full circle, give you a name for it. We call it Golden Goal. Golden Goal. Golden Goal. Sudden Death. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Sudden Death. Sudden Death. It's called Sudden Death or Sudden Victory because it's two ways. When I've had both. I've had Sudden Victory when we've scored triple overtime playoff goals. And it's just elation, and you see grown men jump and cry like you've never seen before because so, it's been such a fight to get there, and then it's been sudden death when that goes in on you and everything you've packed into that. Um, I've had Game 7 double overtime goals go against me, and your season just dies. Your season ends at that exact moment. You've been redlining as hard as you could for 11 months, and it dies like that. Some of my fondest sports memories are during playoff hockey when I'm out and about with the boys. And then overtime hockey just keeps going and yeah. going and going. It's like, yes, this is awesome. There's something to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I want to see the athletes go through that. That's a whole yeah. new beast. But anyway, that's I'm curious cool. from you guys. That's me talking. I'm curious I like from you that. guys. I like, no, I like it. Where it. Where do you see CrossFit going in the next three years? That's a different question. You want me to get this? You got this one. 
when I th- when I think of CrossFit and I think of the CrossFit Games, I think of the CrossFit Games is 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 our skin, kind of our epidermis. It's like what people see, okay. but like ninety nine percent of CrossFit is really under that skin. Yeah, and so um, where I the, the interesting thing is going to be um, how those two perceptions of CrossFit of what CrossFit really is versus the perception of CrossFit yeah. um, move forward. So those of us at HQ, and like I said with our media, like if you look at our media, we really, really have captured the fittest people in the world. If you want mm-hmm. to be the fittest human being in the world, here's the methodology, here's the community, here's the diet. It's all right there. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is really the true power of CrossFit, the real, real power is what you, the stuff you were saying in the piece with, um, with Torin. Um, and you were using it for injury prevention, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, uh, and someone else said it in here. I can't remember who. Matthew Bickle said it in here. We had a, we had a guy in here who lost 200 pounds. Wow. And he said that um, Matt Fraser for Matt Fraser to improve, his improvements have to be like just. Oh, yeah. It's the golf analogy. Have you heard the golf analogy? No, tell me. So mm. let's say you start golfing and you golf 100. Well, if you golf a couple times a week, you can take that to 90. Okay. Right. right. You golf five times a week and take that to 80. Those are big, massive jumps, right? right? What if you are a PGA Tour pro and you shoot 70 every round? How do you shoot 69? Right. How do you, sh- you know how much effort, yeah. effort and intensity you have to put in to take off one stroke when you're already so good, you know, to get another one stroke off of 70, to get 10 off of 100 to 90, that's a piece of cake. That's a low-hanging fruit. Right. It's the same thing. I understand what he's saying. So we need to make sure, first and foremost, that every person out there who's taken the L1 and every single affiliate owner in the 15,000 affiliates in 140 countries, yeah. that they all know that they have the power to cure chronic disease. Wow. So, and, and, um, uh, I think I, th- I think we're I think we're on that path, and I think that's what you're gonna. I think that's what you're gonna see changing. I think in the next three years, you're gonna see wor- a worldwide community realize and start telling people like, "Hey, man, take life into your own hands. Yeah. Do not go to the hospital and begin the path of amputation. Do not get the gastric bypass surgery. Do not um, do not do not enter that realm yeah. of of medical cures. Yeah. Now, uh, let the doctors do shit that's important, like when a hockey puck goes in and breaks your cheekbone. Yeah, that's when you want to go see the doctor. Yeah, you don't want to go there because you've made thirty years of bad lifestyle choices. Yeah. No, you need to hang out with someone like you. You know yeah. what I mean? Start crushing. Yeah, because because like if, if anyone who hangs out with you is going to get healthier. Yeah, I, well, I hope so. Oh, fuck. but so Dude, so you have a great you have great habits. You have, so what you're talking about? So the the other side, the thing that maybe because I know you, that CrossFit's very focused on. Uh, disease prevention and and being your own doctor like we we don't Lifestyle. want people yeah so what about energy what you can do to give people energy and passion so versus just trying to work away from something mm-hmm. like let's try and like that's working away from disease let's work toward high performance and actually how can you be a better human more energy more positive energy be a better husband wife son daughter brother sister employee whatever. You know, like, is that discussed a lot in CrossFit? How, because I leave the gym in my best state. I am the best person. I am my most generous, kind, giving, smartest, creative, everything right. when I leave the gym. Right. Because I'm wired. Right. Yeah, you were it's gonna huge. You were going to love the L1. I think there's a... Uh... When I pull up in the gym and you cut me off, I might flip you off. When I'm leaving the gym and you cut me off... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Cool, bro. Yeah. Chilling. Hey, have fun, brother. Here's yeah. your parking spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Park down there. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right now, we've really, really relied on word of mouth for that. I mean, obviously, we have media, and these media tell these stories of these incredible transformations that happen to people who aren't incredible, right? Yeah. And they're just regular Joes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and any anyone can climb to the the peak of their. Not everyone can climb to the peak of the NHL, but everyone can climb to their own peak. Yep, hundred percent. And if you and if and basically what we talk about now is, is that you can in the gym you'll get all the support you need for that. You'll get coaching. You'll get community. You'll get lifestyle changes. You'll get that kind of osmosis. You know yep. that statement. You are the five people you hang around. Yeah, yeah. Um. But those other things that are sort of the byproduct of that lifestyle, um, I, I don't know if we talk about that a lot. Well, remember what Greg used to say? Is that Am I understanding you right? Yeah. Cause, go ahead. Sorry, Kara. Just back in the day, he used to say um, he knows all those things are going to improve in your life. All, your better husband, better. He knows all of those things. You're going to be better at your job, whatever. He knows those things are going to happen, and he just is trying to get you into the gym and once he starts training you, you're going to start exploding all your happiness and how much those things have been improving to you. Yeah. And he's just going to sit there and be like, yeah, I know. I yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so much chasing changes or certain goals isn't the right word, but you know, wanting something in life, you need to change habits to draw those towards yes. you. And I think once you change that nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, other things come. Well, I mean, you say it all the time in here, you either, you start CrossFit, you're either going to get a raise or get a new job. Yeah. You know, you're either going to, yeah. your relationship's, your relationship's going to get better or you're going to get divorced. Yeah. You'll filter. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a great filter. And we see it all the time. And just like you see people coming to the gym who are like, I can't get pregnant, I can't get pregnant, and fucking a year later they're pregnant. Yeah. And it's like they stop focusing on getting pregnant and they just focused on... Being healthy. Yeah. yeah being healthy. Yeah. So like that's, and that's a big, I think a big pocket in the world or like a, a lack in the world is where people people don't understand that they have the immense power to create the life that they want where anything is possible literally information is at your fingertips seek it out and then it's just on you to apply it it's literally everything you want can be found in this device it's then on you to change your life and I know we're talking a lot about moving away from disease, but how about we move to our best self as well? You know, once you once you make people aware of the fact like, hey, you can create energy. Energy isn't brought to you. So many people ask me, tweet at me or whatever, oh, I'm not motivated to go to the gym. How do you get motivated or so on? It's not motivation. It's discipline. Discipline. It, it's it's not. There's a great argument of motivation versus discipline, and it's not. There's mornings where I wake up where I'm not motivated to go to the gym, but I'm disciplined, and I know that I'm going there. It's not an option. I don't negotiate with myself. I go there because I know if I want a chance at that day, I go there. I'm going to unleash and I'm going to be dynamite, even if I don't feel it right now. I was on my hands and knees yesterday at 5:15, saying, "God, I don't want to work out." <laughs> right over there, and then I went downstairs and worked out. And I Who are you there. with? Yeah. Kara was like five feet away from me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, eh? Am I crazy? Uh, like, no, 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 it's, it's exactly right. Uh, every, everyone, in, it's crazy because everyone in this room has that kind of discipline. And yeah. um, I, I, will, I will come home drunk at 11 o'clock at night and not have worked out and get on the assault bike and ride it for fucking 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, this is a fucking disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. I, but my sister asked me, how do you have that discipline? And I, and I don't know. 
Because we know it makes us feel good. Yes, that's it right there. I think yeah, you had a very good point about this earlier about how once you learn, yeah, you don't you don't go back. I mean, right. you can, but ultimately. So you ever heard of Parkinson's law? No, sir. There's this thing called Parkinson's law. I can't remember what the gentleman's name was, but it's from years ago, whatever. He said, what once is a luxury, given enough time, becomes a necessity. So what once is a luxury, given enough time, it becomes a necessity. It's a law mm-hmm. that you don't go backwards from. So let's say, let's just make an easy example. Let's say you live in a house, or let's say you live in an apartment that has no air conditioning. You can live in that, you're fine, whatever, right? All of a sudden you move to an apartment that has air conditioning, you live there for six months, you're not renting another apartment that doesn't have air conditioning. Right. Right? So that's Parkinson's laws. You're not going so once you're used to feeling this way, you're used to being a better husband, a uh, better friend, you're used to the energy and the gas you get coming out of the gym, you're not going backwards from that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of a lot of people are trying to move away from chronic disease and chronic illness and want to lose weight. Okay, let's that's great to move away from things. Let's also move towards some things. Right. Let's move towards your best energy, your best state. So so you can uncover things that you weren't even curious about. You're you're thinking about this disease moving away from it, but you aren't even thinking about what you're moving towards. Let's also explore what you're moving towards. Maybe it's creating your own business. Mm. Maybe it's the best marriage or relationship you've ever had. Maybe it's healthy enough to have a kid like you were talking about. Right. Maybe you even change the world. I, hey, Eric, can you pull up the sickness, wellness, fitness? Do you need, do you need motivation to continue to get discipline? I mean, ha- I think you need to hit a point in your life where you're not going to tolerate the way things are anymore. Oh, man, we've had a ton of those in here. It's amazing. And then that's, that's where lasting change comes from. You're not going to tolerate life this way anymore, and it finally hits you. It punches you right in the face, and that's the day you say, that's it. Mm-hmm. And you start moving toward things, and then all of a sudden your world, just the roof blows off your world, and everything is possible. You, you, you talk about this like you've experienced this, but it, to me it seems like you couldn't have experienced it because it always was for you. Great question. Unpack that for me. You 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 at two at two you had you already had the motivation and discipline like you don't seem like 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 there's people who need to hit rock bottom before they before they have this understanding of sort of life the way you do but i don't see rock bottom in your life anywhere oh dude i've hit bottom how do you know that i don't yeah i'm just imagining i've taken more licks more hits more losses then 99.999% of people, I've failed a million times more than, than I put everything I had in my life, 34 years to try and win a Stanley Cup, never did it. You know, that is a, you, you tell me somebody that dedicated 34 years of their life to something and never succeeded at it, and I'll shake their hand and say, wow, like you are, that's impressive, you know, like I, you have felt rock bottom, I feel you. Right. So I have had severe loss and failure in my life, but I don't, it's an old saying, never let a win go to your head or a loss go to your heart. I don't get, I don't get crushed by a loss, I get motivated by a loss. That's not easy to do. So, but but this um, this rock bottom that we're talking about is th- is this the same as 
Um, is it the same as if somebody's like a little overweight, or is, is the scale the same? As no, no, no. I, 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 um, I'm thinking like a, an alcoholic who finally like is like, okay, I'm done with this shit. I'm gonna go to fucking AA. I don't want to wake up one more day like this, you know, next to a strange guy. Blah blah yeah. blah. And then you hit rock bottom, and then you is is it that kind of like when when I say rock bottom, I think of someone who's like a, kind of a life or death uh, yeah. situation. Like their life is so bad that they fucking want to die. You know what I mean? Like it's like fuck. Well, it's just it's just intensity across different platforms. It can be for some people it is life and death, right? If somebody is if somebody's going to have a heart attack, that's life or death. Right. But the way I experienced my sport, the competitive desire to me was life or death. And I, I was going to survive your, and you'd given your life to it. Yeah. Like it it literally to me was life or death. There were times, dude. Seven. There were times where we would lose a, a playoff game, like a we our season would end, and I would look for the first flight I could to any island that didn't have a TV, so I couldn't watch hockey, because I I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to. I wanted to disappear and be gone from from the ability even to watch a hockey game because I was so pissed off, upset, mad, frustrated. And there were summers I would go home and I would train and I would train angrily all summer long. I would train angry and could never work the beast of the loss out. Wow. That I, I've been in lows. I've been spent whole summers upset and mad trying to change a result that happened months ago, years ago. Like I, sp I spent, and I had to learn, hey, you can't live like that. That's why I'm so thankful for my wife and our dogs. They balance me out. I'm glad to hear you say I can't live like that because that is actually kind of a uh, a fun way to live your first 30 years. But now that you have a love in your life, yeah. you can't do that, right? You can't. You can't just swing off the fucking deep end. and. But no, but I, I can't survive like that. I'm not going to, I'll die of massive heart attack at the age of 35 i keep trying to change the past by putting so much and just like i couldn't work out the beasts that's what i figured out. i couldn't no matter how hard i couldn't work out the beasts i had to change my motivation from from getting rid of trying to work out a beast to sometimes it serves you well hey man there's times where you're upset you go and you just right you throw some heavy shit around motivation. and that's awesome but i had to switch it from working out for a purpose of hate and frustration to a purpose of, I want to move towards this in my life, and I want this to better my life. Change, sir, you changed your fuel. Yeah. Did you have something at a young age that gave you, that, that, that put you, that started that cycle for you? Hmm. Like, let me give you an example, like Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yeah, I know his story. Yeah, very well. And 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 I remember someone saying to him, "Hey, why didn't why didn't you go see a therapist?" And he goes, "And get rid of the shit that that drives me." Yeah. No, thank you. So <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um, actually, it's a great conversation because a lot of people have have engines for different reasons. My wife's engine is very different than mine, and quite often she, a lot of a lot of her engine comes from where things that happened to her, things that people did to her. And she said, screw you. I'm going to prove you wrong. Watch me. Right. Watch me. But that, that only, so then what? So then you use that gas until what? You prove that person wrong. Then what? What's your source of power then? Right. Mm. And she actually experienced that when she met me, she found love in her life and didn't have this source of not hate because my wife doesn't hate anybody, but didn't have this source of drive. She's like, I'm happy. I've lost my drive. And I'm like, no, you haven't lost your drive. You've just found your drive. You need to repurpose. You need to move toward things that you love versus pushing so hard against away from things that you you have hurt you or you despise or something. So, um, 
I never had something I had to push so hard away from. I always pushed so hard towards my curiosities. And 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 I guess you already explained that your parents um, allowed you to cultivate insane curiosity and yeah. address it. Yeah. But we were also, they taught us independence. I mean, I could tell you stories about the decisions I had to make. I had to make a decision when I was 19 that my dad put on me. I was like, it was whether I was going to, it was for multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars for a contract. And I said, dad, they're not coming anywhere near our number. And he goes, and he was on a fishing trip up north in Saskatchewan. And I said, can you be around at three o'clock? That's the deadline. He goes, no, I'm going on, this is like seven in the morning. He goes, no, I'm going on the boat. I'm fishing all day. You make your decision. I'll call you tonight. A professional career decision. You're looking to your dad for some guidance and counsel. Yeah. And he's he was like, my coach my whole life. Uh-huh. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm going fishing all day. You know I'm up here. I'm going fishing all day. You make your decision. I'll talk to you tonight. You be happy with your decision, whatever it is. And it was multiple hundreds of thousands. Of Thankfully, they came. It took 13 minutes before the deadline. They came to my number. I had to wait them out and sweat them. They came to my number, and I didn't have to make, but... That was the, that was the, they taught us independence. You are accountable for your life. You take 100% accountability of your life. You get 100% power for your life. Damn. And that was a lesson that stuck with you to this day. Yeah. Do and I'm so thankful for it. Do you have an agent? I did have an, I had the same agent for, since I was 17, I had the same agent for 17 years. And you don't have a loyal guy. And you don't have him anymore? I don't, he doesn't have to represent me for a professional contract. So still a friend, great friend so meaningful to me in my life um, but professional relationship doesn't there because hockey's not there anymore uh, you, I, I bring this up because um, through the years we've had all sorts of you know f- famous people like do CrossFit and, and I'd say 50% of them actually more than 50% of them it, it seems like actually I can't think of any who, 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 who weren't like you who it wasn't like they weren't trying to sell us something. So like when we when um, when, um uh, who's the rapper was doing CrossFit, Rick Ross. Rick Ross. Oh, he only did shit for money. So when I went and interviewed him, he was doing CrossFit. When I went and interviewed him, I was like, "So what do you think of the iPhone?" He goes, "I'll tell you when they pay me." But when it came to CrossFit, uh-huh. he was willing to do everything for free. Yeah. And I was just wondering what your agent would say that you're affiliating with an organization without an exchange or affiliating uh, no. with a brand or <laughs> no he's he was my agent for hockey specific he was hockey specific agent outside of that man like i said my 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 mission now in life is to serve to give people give to people right i want to add massive value as much value as i can to people's lives because i know what it's like to live a great life i feel like i do it every day and i i freaking love life in case you haven't noticed um but i still want to get better but i also want to unlock that in people you know because maybe because here's the thing and this is why i had um, have amazing parents my parents are both still alive they gave me an amazing childhood and for sure i'm I am only where I am in in life because of the huge role that they played. What if you or you or you or you didn't have that? What if your parents said, "No, Matt, you're never going to amount to anything." You know, I didn't. I was so fortunate to have good parents like that, and I want to. Matt would be president of the United States if his parents would have said that. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like, how do I ever thank my parents? So what do parents? you think of Trump? No, just kidding. Yeah. How do I ever thank my parents for that? Yeah. You pay it forward to as many people as I can to right. say, I believe in you. I want your best life for you. I want you to know you can have the greatest life. Yeah. I'm going to try and give you information. How Use me. Is that your connection to Tony Robbins? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, after, when I got released, my wife was going to Tony Robbins, her brother, there was a crew of people going to Tony Robbins 10 days later, and I got released, and she's like, do you want to come to Tony Robbins? And I was like, well, I got a boatload of time and nothing to do right now, so I might as well. And then, yeah. I, isn't, He's a self-help guy, right? He's, he's an everything, man. He's a superpower. He is, this guy is awesome. Why awesome. is someone... A, he's a human weapon. He is. Oh, brilliant. Love him. <laughs> And why is someone like your wife, whose career is just amazing, what what she has time to, to, to do that? You prioritize time to do it. Yeah. You seek this out. Here's the thing. The, the, the best people across all industries, whatever, they always seek to grow more. You never get to the top and you say, oh, okay, this is good. I'm good. I'm just going to coast here. You're not going to be there very long. And A, the, the qualities in you that got you to the top won't allow you to do that. Right. You're not going to get to the top and then say, okay, this is good enough. That's not the fabric you're built on. You are always going to push for more. Like me, 15 years pro athlete, this is not good enough for me. Right. I need to do just because it's the fabric in me. Same with my wife. People, and it, does, it doesn't have to be the top of any industry. It can be just your curiosity of your performance as a person of elevating your, your lifestyle. There's this um, guy, Matt Bickle, <coughs> who we had in here, who, who, yeah. who has a lot of your same energy. And um, uh, Greg Glassman's sister, Kathy Glassman, Greg Glassman's the founder and yep, creator yep. of CrossFit. His his sister runs our affiliate program, Kathy mm -hmm. Glassman. And she's on this program where you do one squat on day one, two squats on day two, three squats, squats on day three, and she's at day 307. I spoke to oh, her this wow. morning. Oh, my God. Can you imagine wow. that shit? Okay, so Jeez. on, on wow. Cinco de Mayo, on May 5th, Kathy Glassman will hit 365 squats. Oh, that's awesome. And she's telling me that, and I'm like, holy fuck. And this guy, Matt Bickle, who lost 200 pounds, who's just an amazing firestorm of fucking energy. I'm sure mm. your paths will cross. Massive dude. Massive man. Yeah. Um, he says to her, I'm like, yeah, go Kathy, badass. I can't wait. Let's go have a fucking drink after that. And Matt's like, what about 366? Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just the way they're wired. You oh, know? yeah. What about 366? I love it. Because otherwise, like, holy you, shit. You're going to cap yourself. Why do yeah. you ever want to cap yourself and know what you're capable of? Yeah, I'm doing 100 podcasts and that's it. Huh? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You told I, me that. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Maybe you will. You know, some people are going to train for a specific thing and that's good enough. They'll move on to something else. I'm not saying that you have to continue everything to infinity. Um, but just with, I, I just overall as a human being, I think you should always be curious about can you improve the quality of your life and the life of the people around you. You're at 19 and your dad says he has to go fishing and, um, and you make the decision, boy. Does he know what he's doing? <laughs> or is that just, like, does he know he's empowering you and, and, and giving you, like, um, slapping you on the balls and giving you a chance to grow up? Or is it just accident? Good no, accidental I, good parenting? No, I think my dad knows what he's doing. I, I think he knows. My dad, my parents always played the long-term game. They wanted, you know, they... They saw the forest more than they saw the trees kind of thing. They were they were brilliant. They're just so... He knew what he was doing. And, and also, I think he had a little faith in himself at the moment that he'd... He's like, I raised... I give everything I have to this kid. I got to let him go. Now it's, it's on him, you know? Like, I can't... So it's a... It's, you know, so I think, I think my dad really knew what he was doing. I think he believed in the way he had parented me. And whether or not he believed me, I'm sure he probably did. But he, I was going to learn, good or bad, I was going to learn from that experience. My, 
my parents put me in that situation too, but I think it was just benign neglect. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I, I'm serious. No, 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 I'm telling you, no, no. Your mom is a listener of the show. I agree, but like, like, our mom's the best. His mom's great. Our my, mom's the best. My my mom just let me do it, do whatever I I wanted, but I don't think it was because she trusted her her rearing skills. I think it was just she was busy working. Well, maybe that happens too. I'm sure right. that happens too. But, right. But there's also a blessing in that that you have to oh. you have to figure stuff out on your own. My parents both worked. Made me fearless. Yeah. Yeah. My parents both age. worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what did your parents do? Dad was a principal. Mm-hmm. So he's a school teacher, then he was a principal, and then he went on to become uh, the director of the division. Now he's a chairman of the provincial school board, so he's still involved. Even though he retired, he still got involved. Um, and my mom was a rural administrator, um, wrote policy for rural municipalities, that kind of stuff, um, and then took another like, job. Like what to do with runoff or shit like that? Uh, like tax, mill rate stuff, tax rate, haylage, crop insurance, a lot of a lot of kind of just the governance of a... Of a Elected position? Like, uh, no. No, well, appointed. Yeah, well, you you apply for it and whatever. You have to have certain qualifications to get it, and whatever. Uh, Were you a good student? I wouldn't say I was. I was good at school because I had a good memory, but um, I always knew I wanted to play hockey. So, like the last year of grade twelve, I made a deal with my math teacher. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm not coming to the class. Like, it's the afternoon. I'm gonna skip your class." I told my math. <laughs> this is a true story. Yeah, Brad Moser. Brad Moser, my my teacher. I said, I'm not coming to math class in the afternoon. I'm going to the YMCA and I'm working out because I'm going to be a hockey player. And he knew that. And he said he finally made a deal. I had enough absences. He finally made a deal. He's like, okay, you need to come write the tests at least. So I came. I showed. He told me the test dates. I showed up. I wrote the tests. I ended up getting a 73% in the class. And then 10 years later, he came to a game in Toronto when I played against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I said, see, Mr. Moser, you were a part of this. I am here because you let me not come to your class. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. I have a confe- I, like I have a confession to make. <laughs> Two or three times you said wrote the SAT, and I'm like, oh, this guy doesn't know what the SAT is because it's not it's not a wrote. But you use that term differently than I <laughs> to use take that a term. Test. Yeah, mm. yeah. I apologize. And the whole oh, I didn't I didn't know you didn't write it. Is it online? What is it? No, I have no idea. No, what but, an SA- but I, never I don't know what it is SAT. anymore. But but you described it. The same way you describe this math test, oh. right? you're just the. Um, I would say you take the math test or you take the SAT, oh. and I would I only see, say wrote if if it was like um, you were writing an essay. Oh, I got you. But and, anyway, in twelfth twel- twel- grade, I apologize. Yeah. I released you of my judgment for no. not knowing. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you know Brad? How do you know your teacher's first name? I just remember. I just that's why I was good at school. I just had a me- I had a good memory, and my like I it really served me well because when I learned something, when I saw something, when I crunched video, um, I could just remember it. And so that I was good at school because I could I could read something, retain the information. Are you OCD? Are you difficult to live with? I hope no. I don't think so. Maybe when I was younger, maybe, but not now. I don't. I think I'm pretty easygoing. Like like around the house, like you don't have like weird stuff about the bathroom. The towels have to be hung a certain way. You fight with the wife. No, I mean we each have our own things. My wife and I. The only thing I like, I just like a clean kitchen. Just don't put your dishes in the dishwasher or in the in the sink when the dishwasher's Kevin, right there. Kevin yeah. Daigle. Now we're getting real. Keep yeah. the kitchen clean. That's <laughs> the only Daigle, thing I like. This guy yeah. over here is the kitchen clean guru. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh my great. god. Yeah. Yeah. We all have our own things, right? Yeah. He's always he. Yeah. He shares with us. I probably shouldn't share this, but he shares with us before and after pictures of his kitchen and. Yeah. yeah it's, pretty, it's pretty. Uh, yeah. It's fun yes. growing. It's fun yeah. growing up with your buddies, and then all of a sudden they get married. Like yeah. you never knew that they were into cleaning dishes. Yeah. And now he's married. Yeah. He's like, look at all these dishes I did. Now this is really important. The kitchen look like. Yeah. 
No, but I had to be good in school somewhat because my dad was a principal. So there was there was really an expect not an expectation, but like if you obviously he had access to my grades. You know? Well, Andy was on the board of the uh, local YMCA, right? Or the uh, local rink? No, that well, in the rink, yeah. But that was when I I moved away from home. He wasn't. He got my report card and found out how many classes I had missed. Got a little upset, and what? And then I was like, "That's all right, Dad. You know, I'll be all right." Mm. And you were. Yeah. Somewhat. When you take your L1, will you come back here? Sure, I'd love to. I was supposed to come back. I was supposed to come here to do a podcast on the 26th as well. Right. Right. Uh, and then I found out I'm not going to be here because I have that wedding now. But um, man, I'm. I don't know if you know this, but I'm digging this CrossFit community, and okay, I would love cool. to come back as much as you'll have me. Right. And we'll and we and we'll You're make welcome. sure Eric doesn't interrupt you as much as he did. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk honestly. I could talk all day. I love like there's a thousand more questions I'd love to ask you guys. You haven't still haven't answered where like where's CrossFit going in one to three years, five years, ten years? We have to we have to get you in front of Greg so you can ask him that question. What about you? What do you guys think? I think it's gonna go. I I think we're gonna take over that. For for anyone who has a brain and who wants to and who who wants to take control of their own life, we're going to completely take over that space, the lifestyle space. Yeah, I think that the most important thing you can have in life is a healthy lifestyle and loved ones, meaning mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. And once you have those two things, um, you can move. You can you can move and take complete control of your life. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not going to say it as well as you did. You just came back from Tony Robbins, but <laughs> um, but the world's your oyster. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what we're going to do. I think we're going to give people, we're going to help people reset. We're going to give people the found, we're going to let the world know. We've already let the world know, but we're going to basically, more and more people are going to realize that if they do CrossFit, their DNA and their being will express itself yeah. um, in a way that's that's optimal. I think I think CrossFit will be a high school sport within it, five years. I think it's, it's becoming further. a club. I think it'll be part of, of compulsory schools. education. Yes. Yeah. When you take this L1, you're going to just be like, holy shit. <laughs> it is so yummy. I can't wait, man. I want to take my L1. My L, oh, the only, You have to get your L2 through 900 and some hours of coaching or something, don't just, you? Just, just text Dave. It sounds like you guys are butt buddies already. Just uh, give him a text. Do you text or do you email with Dave? I email. All right. I don't know if I have his number. Maybe we text. I think we, I don't know. Use both. DM Get his phone number. I think I have it's more suggested. Oh, it's suggested? I mean, that's more personal. Anyway, because you're going to want those coaching hours before you go to the L2. If I, you, I mean, you know, like you don't want zero. This guy's just a sponge. Yeah. He just wants to lay down. Totally, and the information. Pour, just but, pour, fill a sponge yeah. that's oozing out yeah. of the pour. Yeah, yeah, I agree. My wife just recently went to the L2, and she had said it was an amazing experience. Love the L2. Really? Yeah. yeah. Love amazing. the L2. Yeah. You're married? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more question for you. Hit me. Is this the Caps year? Um, I honestly haven't watched since I've been out. I mean, here's the thing is get hot at the right time. That's it. That's what, and you have to own the moment. That's the other thing is you have to own, there's a time in every game, series, whatever, where things are, it's a teeter-totter and it's, mm -hmm. and everything is balanced and you have to find the way to own that moment. So I can lock you in on a hard maybe? He can lock me in on a hard maybe. Okay. Yeah, that's it's good. very undecisive on that one. It's kind of a yes, um, kind of a no. The Caps are the Capitals? Yeah. And that's the team you came from? Yeah. You I went, played 12 years there, yeah. And then you went to Maple Leafs, and then you went yeah. to the Kings? Yeah. yeah. And now you're in the CrossFit Podcast studio. Yeah. You've made it. 
You've officially made it. No, I, I haven't yet. <laughs> I haven't. But I love it. I, just, I don't. I love the community. I just. I wonder if I made an all-out assault at the games. How many years it would take me to get there? Three or four. Let's talk about some of your numbers. These two are like. Okay. Really smart on that. What shit. can you snatch? Snatch. Uh, one RM was one seventy-five. Okay. I'm way behind. <laughs> she laughs. She's like, okay, hey, get out, out of the building. How, how, much, how much do you snatch, Kara? What's 155. Your, how much uh, do you snatch, Matt? Uh, 240. My, Holy cow. My, I think my record is 147. Yeah. So. But. <laughs> but, but what's interesting is, um, like, I PR'd my clean in 18.2A. Oh, nice. So. Because the last time, like, I tested these, my baseline, like I said, in December, I got a baseline of, like, what can I do here before I go an all-out assault on CrossFit? Yeah. And then I'm discovering that, like, I PR'd my clean by 12 pounds. Wow. In 18.2 Well, it's, it's like the Matt, it's the Bickle analogy the again. Thing. It's like you have, you're just getting yeah. into this fitness yeah. as a sport, yeah. but you have so much room to grow. Here's the problem. Some of the stuff that he really wants to be proficient and get better at, if you rush, and we've had people in here who say this, that's where the injury happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like like overdoing snatching, overdoing Dan, heavy back squatting. Dan, Dan said, he said 2012 and 13, too much barbell. Yeah, too really? much barbell. Too much yeah. barbell. And he, yeah. I think you can see that throughout the community. Everybody was grabbing a barbell every single day. Really? And now not so much. See, and the thing that I think should come more into CrossFit is um, I think you'll have more gymnasts. I think you'll have backflip stuff come in, and I think there should be more running. I think the ultimate athletic movement is running. If you if you say and, you're and an throwing athlete, and throwing right, we don't do throwing. Throw, we don't do yeah. throwing. There's been the there's been a ball throw in it before. Um, what do you mean running? Like sprinting or 10k or all of it? Between? All there's, of it. There's usually some sort I, of I longer think, I think run. taking that a step further is understanding intensity. See, that's, I a, think, that's I think a whole the, different discussion. But I think that is the crux of what it is that we're doing. I think those that control the ultimate expression of CrossFit understand intensity and understand what it is to train with intensity mm-hmm. and how they can hit that at maximal loads and opportunities and, and time, time domains. A hundred percent. And that's one of my fascinations with it is because that's a new thing almost to me because mm-hmm. I need to go as hard as I can for as long as I can. I've never been told, okay, go as hard as you can for eight minutes. That doesn't apply to my sport. So I spent 34 years not doing that. So that is a <clears throat> intensity is a big area where I've circled on my training. I need to get better at laying out for 12 minutes and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, uh, what's the length before you get a break in the NHL? Uh, average shift, well, actually average shifts have shortened now, but they're about 36 seconds. Before you really, yeah. before you mean the ref stops it or you get called out or something no, like be- that. No, before you're out of gas and you change because the pace of play is so high now, so the shift length has gone shorter. It used to be about 45, 50 seconds when I broke in the league was the average shift length, and they actually do statistics now that say between 12 and 28 seconds of a shift is your most is where most goals are scored. <clears throat> So after 28 seconds, coaches know your chances of scoring a goal severely plummet, you know. And so if you're on the ice for 28 seconds, get off. And they don't stop the game in hockey to no, switch players no, like other sports? No, it's on and off. It's, it's During the game. liquid, yeah. 
So if you're on for 25, 27 seconds, you're getting off because your chances of scoring now, just because your energy level and the pace that the game is played at, your, your energy is below the current pace of the game. Get off so somebody else, and actually you're less likely to score and be more likely to be scored on. How about the goalie? Does he stay out for the whole game? He stays out the whole game, yeah. And all the other players are in and out. Wow. Yeah. Um, I remember when Katie Motter won the game in 2008, and she was a top, top level um, basketball college basketball player. Yeah. And she basically said that um, in, in basketball it was four minutes. And so that games, that 2000 yeah, yeah, yeah. games was perfect for because oh, it was yeah. all really short time domains. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and basically she, she said outside of that four minutes, just shit just falls apart. But in that four minutes, that's all she did. Yeah. yeah. So she optimized for. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so you're used to 40 seconds and then a break. And then how long before you go back in? What's that? Could break be like? anything. Cause like I, so I trained. I played. I played penalty kill, power play, everything. So I, one thing I never do. Here's one thing: the challenge of listeners or whatever. One thing I never ever do, and that it's a twenty burpee burpee penalty. If anyone ever catches me doing this, I'll never sit down during a workout. I walk in the gym. You will never catch me on sitting on a bench, sitting on the floor. Workout ends. I don't lay on the ground. I don't because I've always trained because I might have to go and expend everything on a shift and I might get to the bench and the coach might say, Brooks, you're going now, 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 now. And I need to be able to do that. So I need to be able to be mentally alert and never just check out of my body. Now, that being said, I still want to work on ramping intensity, mm. but I will never, if somebody catches me, that's a, a burpee penalty. And I've installed it with other friends in the gym. If like, if I catch you, act tired, be tired, Right. Act tired, be tired. What if what if you train like a seal? A seal doesn't know when his mission ends. Maybe he gets back to camp and his mission's over and somebody else is in trouble. Maybe he's got to go. Oh, that kind of seal. Yeah, like, but it was the same in hockey. I never knew how long of a break I would get, so I always had to be able to go again. Which, so athlete, never sat do, which down. athlete does he sound like? Miko. I thought you were going to make a third comparison. Miko Salo. Holy thing. shit. Really? Yeah, he, I'd never heard that before until 2009. We interviewed Miko. What did he say? He basically said he would refuse to lay down. Yeah, never. He, saw, he said no animal in the wild will ever lay down and just turn his back and roll like that. And he's never going to be just exposed like that. He's yeah. never going to just be on the ground and check out. So even in between sets, even in between rounds, in whatever, never sit down. You sit down, your brain checks out. It's hard to get up and start again. Stay engaged, walk, talk, even as tired and whatever as you are, stay engaged. And if you do get caught sitting down, 20 burpees right now. 20 burpees? They should give that to you if you talk during a workout. <laughs> I talked yesterday during the workout and Matt yelled at me, go fucking harder or something like that. <laughs> Don't talk, move. <laughs> I should have that penalty for my teenagers. Yeah, it's great. It, oh, and it's because there's, here's the thing. A lot of people are strong, but they need the lungs, right? Right. A lot of people are strong. This is what I've, at least in my brief experience, that guys are strong and, and women are strong, but they need the lungs. But in between, you see them sitting all the time. So I train with some guys in LA. I'm like, we need to train each beside each other because I need your strength. I need to see how to, how and teach me how to be stronger. Mm. And you need my lungs. And the first thing I did, you want to get better lungs, no more seats. Seats are out. So that even when they're tired, they have to find a way to get comfortable, uncomfortable, find a way to catch your breath. And now all of a sudden you see guys start hitting numbers, you know. You've seen it help people. Yeah. Community. Did you ever smoke cigarettes? I haven't smoked a, one cigarette in my life. I've never wow. even tried one. What about wow. di what about dip? You ever chew? Never tried a single dip in my life. I You're a I, hockey player? I used to smoke a cigar at the end of a hockey season sometimes, probably about five times you, in my life. You can't inhale a cigar. You 
puke your brains out. Right? Um, yeah, I never inhaled. Yeah, I don't, don't understand know. the fascination with cigars. I don't know. I, don't know. I was younger then, but I've never tried a cigarette in my life. You're, are you telling me hockey players chew? That's a common. Oh yeah. yeah Where do they spit? Time. Bottle. Not yeah. during the no, game, like in, in the intermission or on the bus or plane or something. Yeah. So no, you have no experience with nicotine. None, zero, ever. I always wanted to be a hockey player. I always wanted to protect my heart too. From a young age, you knew that. Yeah. Wow. Um, has your has your incorporating CrossFit into your lifestyle changed your diet? Yeah. What? I'm always looking for something better. Like I'm, I, I'm even playing around now with. Um, eating before versus eating after. And I want to seek people that have knowledge on not only what to eat, what to eat to perform, what to eat to recover, because uh, I have a lot of knowledge on it, but I want the tip of the sword. I want to see what else is new out there, but also when to eat. How long should we eat before? Should we eat after? What is optimal for what? You know, like I, I'm just seeking knowledge on all of this because one, I'm curious about it for myself because I want to find ways to get better, but then two, I want to help share it with people so do you travel with food um yeah yeah and that that's another thing i was traveling here the other day and i was like that's it boom that's one experiment i got to do i got to find the healthiest best way to travel most convenient way to travel and not lose because i hate when i leave and i don't get to drink my juices or i don't get this or that or it's a pain in the arse to do stuff i want to find the best most efficient way to get maximum nutrients and diet while traveling because you're sitting next to a great resource not me. No. Kara. Yeah? <laughs> all of us in here are all right, though. No. Kara's got a dial. Kara has it. Yeah. I mean, the, be the Please best. Please tell. I mean, there's no one size fits all yeah. when it comes True. to nutrition. It's it's going to be specific to you as an individual and how you train and what your goals are. But um, the best advice I have is just like you're doing to seek information yeah. and then experiment on yourself. Yeah. 100%. Try the different, see what people tell you to do. And if it works for you, cool. If it doesn't. Try someone else. Yeah. Have you sought out any information lately, Kara? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. So there's a, what I'm really what curious happened? about. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? Uh-oh. He knows yeah, something. He's got an insider. Sorry, sorry. You gave yourself a, a no, rude enema uh, or something? No, I did. I recently did a um, a test to, to see what microbes were in my gut. Uh -huh. And the way you do that is you send somebody your shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's why Matt's laughing at me right now. I would do that. Yeah, so I know specifically mm -hmm. like what foods um uh, tell me absorb how to, well in my how do you do that? How how do you actually physically send your shit? Is yeah. that what I mean? Yeah. Um, they like, give you a kit. There's actually a there's FedEx like, box. They <laughs> they have this little tube and it has like some sort of I don't know what's How do you in get there. the poop in the tube? <laughs> you have to give you a kit. Be creative, man. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about the gut. I thought we were talking about the gut. You poop on the, like a sheet of newspaper you, and then you, you like stab it. They give you something it. and you go to the bathroom on it and you like take a little bit of it and you put it in a little tube and you send it to them. I, I've done that with my dog. Like they, the vet gives you something uh, like to stab the poop with yeah. and then you seal it in the bottle. Oh, okay. It was a little different than I that. Okay, he's not going to shit on Was it interesting? Did you like it? Super interesting. Yeah. So there's a... Further to that, and I'm going to go do it, there's a clinic in San Diego. Have you heard of Peter Diamandis? No. Oh, man. Peter Diamandis. Look this guy up. He's, he's, one of, he's one of the world's leaders in technology and where we're going as a human race. This guy. Anyway, there's a, there's a clinic in San Diego. It's $5,000 to go do, but you get a full rundown of everything to do with your blood and body. Hmm. every cool. single thing you could ever even imagine mm -hmm. and then after that it's $2,900 a year after that and I'm, I'm going to take my wife and we're going to go do it and you're going to find out what foods 
are you things specifically that specifically work for you? Yeah, and all of this information, and I'm gonna like um, I'm gonna take all of that information and then try and reprogram diet. Find out like I eat organic steel cut oats for breakfast. Is that good or bad for me? Mm-hmm. You know, based on my blood and body type and history and genetics and is you know. You know what's gonna be interesting about this, and I I'm not gonna predict anything for you, but I bet you're gonna find out that you're already doing things pretty right. I hope so. It seems like you're really healthy and you have good habits and you're you're moving and you're not eating shitty carbs. Like and you're, has, you're and he has no pimples. Doing, he has no pimples. Yeah. Like there's just what I found out from getting my results back on it was that I, I should continue doing what I'm already good doing. Good for you. But it is cool to know what to tell other people too. Like you yeah. it, you are an individual and you should, you know, maybe look into it if you're interested. But yeah. um, what were you doing wrong? Where did you, what did you... Was there anything surprising? Like, hey, no more eggs. Actually, the the most surprising thing was I've been also just really looking into the keto diet. And there's been a lot of talk in the CrossFit community about it and how, you know, it prevents chronic disease and all that. And so I was interested if my body can handle that. Because I have tried, like in college, before I knew what CrossFit was, I tried the Atkins diet, which was basically keto. Um, And it it was terrible for me. Terrible. I almost passed out like at a water polo practice and it just, it didn't work with me. So I never tried it. And I was like, God damn, like, I wonder if I wasn't doing it right or I should really experiment with the keto diet again and just see. And when I got, um, the results back from this thing, it just said, well, actually your body metabolizes and absorbs carbohydrate, complex carbohydrates better than protein and fat. And not everybody's like that. Yeah. Um, so really what it told me to do was stick to 40, 30, 30. Oh, <laughs> zone, right, Those right. like the proportions. I'm like, okay, cool. I do the zone. I always feel the best when I'm doing the zone. Like I'm just going to stay the course. Yeah. And, and that's cool for me to know. And it, that wasn't really my overall goal with getting that. It wasn't just for myself, but to be able to show people like this is, these are facts. There's data. You can, you probably should have. How much was your yeah. poop test? It's a year's worth of like recommendations. It was four hundred dollars. You're gonna have to poop like ten times for five grand <laughs> in, in one day. You, you also do a, um, a glucose test to see your blood sugar levels. And, oh, what was your A1C? Um, well, it's just a test. They, so basically, they just test your blood then, and it was like one hundred three or whatever. And then they you they make you drink a sugar drink. Mm. Oh, that's and like test a. It again. Gestational diabetes, right? Isn't that similar to that? Yes, I, yes, I think yes. it's similar, yeah. Um, since we're talking about um, nutrition summer camps, uh, my mom's getting ready to do a two-week <laughs> water fast camp. Water fast? And I'm a little nervous because my mom's five feet tall, 104 pounds. Yeah. She's only going to drink water She's going to go there. You go there. You go to the place. It's like in Sausalito or something. Oh, wow. I, I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a talk. What does she hey, want out of that? Uh, she just, uh, she just wants to get just a complete cleanse. cleanse okay. right? yeah, yeah, basically yeah. going to ketosis, have a complete cleanse. You know, basically just uh, all her blood and shit to be just. Yeah. She, she wants to poop out that crayon she ate when she was eight. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know. You know. What I can't help but think about if you took this poop test. What? <laughs> I think it would. I think it would come back and say, "Don't ever eat goji berries ever again." For me? Yeah. I don't even eat goji <laughs> berries, really, do I? Oh, please. Do I have goji I've heard, berries? I've heard some Whoppers in here before. Do but... I have goji berries in my house? Yeah, you, I don't know. you love goji berries. Which, oh, little, I have seen those at your house before. Oh, yeah, yeah, I eat those. 
I ate a shitload of them. I think it would tell you. I think it would say no more goji. <laughs> but I only eat but, them between ten and midnight when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm drunk. But wouldn't it be surprising to find out something you really like? Maybe that is just miserable for you. I used to eat bacon every morning, and I saw Kara didn't eat bacon in the morning, so I just stopped. Yeah. No more bacon. I don't do any between watching her not eat it and my mom saying, "Hey, I really don't like to see how much meat you eat." Yeah. I just feel like, all right, fuck it. I won't eat meat in the morning. And now, has it? Have you changed? Felt I, you know, I, I lost like six or seven pounds, and then I just put it right back on. <laughs> I don't know how, <laughs> but I don't eat. I don't eat cheese but or bacon go, in the morning anymore. You look anymore. good and you feel good, right? Thank you. Yeah, I look good and feel great. I mean, with like this, I look amazing. <laughs> what if I had his nose? <laughs> uh, I have a big nose. But here, here's a question. I don't know. Here's you a question. You got a great nose. Knock my hinge out over here. Uh, you got a great nose. Like, I got a big nose, but yours is like... Do you anyway. like his nose? Yeah. Anyway. It's nice, Dude, right? It's, it's like the last thing I notice on people. Okay, here's hey, a question good. for you. you. <laughs> what, um, I can't wait till you wear glasses and your nose looks huge on your face. Uh, what can... Because this is something I'm on. When you go in... Workout, you eat, and then I'm I'm experiencing like a crash like two years later because your your nervous system's just been attacked, right? And all out of salt, and you. I want to find something that you can eat that doesn't allow for that midday dip. You said two years later. You mean two hours later? Or did I say two years? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah a couple I, I hours later. So. I yeah, thought you sorry. You had been doing that for a while. Um, what I, do you currently eat after you work out? Uh, it just depends on the day. Um, are you aware? I guess what I was after with that question is: Are you aware of um, how much protein and carbohydrate you're having at the same time? No, not exactly. No, hmm. no. I would experiment with that first. Yeah. I yeah. would just see if you're you're eating protein each time you eat, and if you're having a balanced amount of protein and carbohydrate. Definitely not enough carbohydrate. Okay. For sure, not enough. She's a weigh in measure, and you're gonna learn all really? about that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Macro is that macro? Is that what they call those? Weigh Some people macros? do macro. I I mean zone. Zone is yeah. more what I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to get into it. So like, I want to pick your brain on that stuff. I want to learn for sure. about this stuff as an athlete. You're exposed to a lot of things and fortunate for that. But I also, now that it does, it's not coming to me, I want to seek it. But mm -hmm. even still, I always sought it before different ways. Some people are paleo. Some people are vegan. Mm -hmm. Some people are, you know, whatever. One but, of the things, one of the things Greg has preached and has always preached since as long as I've known him, yeah. I've known anything about CrossFit is, is that basically you want to keep your hormone level like this. Yeah. And that wards off all disease, all crashes, just wards off everything. Yeah. And the zone keeps you at, we should eat to keep our hormones level. Yeah. The way the zone works, and I'm sorry if you already know this, my understanding is it's 40% carbohydrate, 30% protein, and 30% fat. That's your baseline. That's where you start the zone. And you eat that at every meal in that proportion. And that keeps you... Really? What the macro people do is <clears throat> they take that, but they don't, they don't put that for every meal. They just do it per day. So yeah. you can eat all your okay, protein gotcha. at breakfast. It's, it's yeah. kind of like, it feels like almost like the lazy man version. It's yeah. better than nothing, but the lazy yeah. man version of the zone. Yeah. And... Um, or, 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 or a more palatable way or whatever. Yeah. Um, is that? That's accurate, yeah. And some people, everybody's different, but some people count their macros and kind of balance anyway. Yeah. Some people don't, yeah. so it just depends. But, yeah. It's and, insulin. But that will cause this, is what Savannah's insulin saying. Insulin spikes. Yeah. yeah. That's what you want to avoid. Yeah. And inflation, inflammation. Yeah, that too, yeah. Turmeric's good for that, right? Turmeric. God, I've had turmeric come in my life like 20 times in the last week. I don't know. 
To be honest, I think it's good for isn't it? Am I, I wrong? I might be wrong. It is. It is turmeric fish oil. I took like three hundred turmeric pills over. Like you know, like I bought the bottle and took them to yeah, then, in two days. No, no, no. Over three hundred <laughs> days, and then I stopped. You know what I mean? Then but I as, as far as like nutrition goes, and I think a lot of us take the similar approach. Like, I don't seek out phosphorus, calcium, you know, individual minerals and vitamins. Yeah. I eat a lot of foods, you know, whole foods for lack of a better term that has all that stuff. Yeah. So a variety like, of different yeah, vegetables. Yeah, I eat a variety of shit. Well, like that's the thing, right? Is what's the, like looking at the basis of it all, what is the source of all life on earth? It's the sun. So the quickest way you get, that's why your mom told you to eat your vegetables. The quickest way you get the most pure organic energy, sun comes down, hits vegetables, they grow. If something eats those and digests it, it's secondhand energy. Mm -hmm. So that's why you go after, that's why we were talking about juicing. Juicing is so great. Sun comes down, grows, you know, phosphorus, whatever, whatever. I can't remember the science behind it. Vegetable grows and then you eat it. That's the best, cleanest way but the, to but get But the one thing you're missing. How about staring juicing? at the sun? <laughs> you should meet Ryan sure. Teasdale. <laughs> do, you do, do you do sun gazing? No. Okay. Never heard of it. But he lives in okay. Southern California, so. Then my, my vit was it vitamin D? Yeah, vitamin My D. vitamin D, when I go back to camp, is off the charts. We get our blood tests, all this stuff. They was like, wow, what are you doing for vitamin D? I was oh, Cali, I bet it was baby. a game changer when you moved oh, to Southern awesome. California. Oh, it's awesome. dynamite. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying the main issue with juicing is um, you're depriving yourself of the fiber. And that's where, that's where the big hang-up is. It's like you're getting... You know, sugars, carbohydrates, but you're taking out the fiber. So I, I actually just tweeted a thing out the other day. Or no, I did an Instagram live on it on how to repurpose that fiber. Oh, nice. What you can do with that. There's people saying you can make those uh, like those homemade fruit roll-up things with that fiber. Oh, yeah. Because every time, yeah, you take you the big bin. You have all the pulp or yeah. whatever on the side. Mm -hmm. or so the, I want to yeah. know. I've actually tried mixing it in with our pet's food. Oh, yeah. can, um, but it, they didn't like it. They never tried it. <laughs> but I'm trying to find what to do with that pulp because there is value in it too. Oh yeah. I want to find a way to repurpose that versus just discarding it. My wife just stuff every morning stuffs the blender full of kale. Yeah. Fills it with water, puts an avocado in there and half a banana. Yeah. Some peanut butter. We don't. We don't like. We don't um, pull the fiber out at all. Yeah. You guys aren't fiber extractors. Yeah. We just Does like she we have do, protein with that. that? She, uh, yeah, there, and, 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 then, and then there's, I don't know if she does, but the kids do. Mm -hmm. Her and I don't. There, there's eggs there. I think her and I just drink that, and then I run yeah. to the office and drink a coffee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so, like, like I, love, I just love these discussions because no one way is exactly. perfect, and yeah. right? All we're trying to do is pool our information and collectively move the needle. Right. And have data right? points and, and, like, see what has worked for you and have these that's why CrossFit's amazing because of the scientific data points that we have. Like, yeah. hey, the first time I did Fran, I got this. And now two years later, I did it in this mm -hmm. time. And this is what I ate. Data, yeah. Yeah, and that's all we're trying to do is collectively move the needle. I'm not trying to, and you guys are like, we're not trying to hoard our tips for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Trying no. to share Definitely and say, not. hey, this, I've tried this. Would you try this? What do you think about this? Let's just, everything is, when you get over yourself, and which is this, the community is amazing at this, um, it's get over yourself. How can we serve each other? This worked for me. Let's try this. Okay, no, it didn't work for me. You know, but nobody says we're not comparing. We're just pooling information. The community is amazing. Yeah, the community, man, is just awesome. Yeah, like a great example right now. I'm gonna go take my carbohydrates. I have spaghetti squash and sweet potatoes. I think I'm gonna go downstairs to the taco stand. I'm gonna take my scale. I'm gonna say, hey, give me seven and a half ounces. Oh, God, probably five ounces. Five ounces of protein. And I'll come back up here and eat it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Brooks, do you have any more questions? Because I'm going to wrap this up. I don't um, want you to be like, I have one more fucking question. <laughs> I want to pin you down. So the cap is, is the caps here? 
it, it, I, I can't remember what we. I get it. I get asked. <laughs> I get asked that so much. But just wanted, just I, wanted. you know what? I yeah, hope it is. You, you know, yeah. No, I hope yeah. it is. I have so many good friends in the team. People that touched my life. Um, the Will that be a kick in the balls? No. Okay. No, the community, the people of the community deserve it. Well, it's There's like such great fans. It's like every year. The caps get calls like this is the caps year. Like, yeah, they're due. But there's some there's value and there's something to be saying that every year you win. I mean, to have expectations is a fabulous thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go through life and not have any expectations. That's terrible. To have expectations, you are lucky. That is yeah. awesome. Um, but it, it's it's a tough trophy to win, man. I mean, mm-hmm. huh. you know, think of how many unbelievable athletes don't get to win the CrossFit Games. Scott yeah. Panchik just it's might, yeah, just might Forever be, fifth. just stars might not have aligned, or maybe it was a bad break, or the event didn't line up for them, or maybe there was a stroke of luck, whatever it is. Ben Smith, you know, Ben I mean, Ben won though. I know, but you said stroke of luck, so I throw in Ben Smith. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you're like a rapper, and I'm just throwing in. Balls. <laughs> you're, like, you're, like a, you're the sniper, yeah. <laughs> sniper over there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I hope it because I have so many good friends, and when you're not opposing somebody, you root for your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, so fair. I have expectations that you'll come back after L one. Would love to. You'll tell us how it changed your fucking life. You can't believe it. Would love to. Um, Kara Hipskin, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. thank you. Thank Eric you. Eric Maciel, thank you. You guys are the best. Thank Appreciate you. The best. Fun. Thank you yeah. so much. Hey, Eric. Land the plane. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's how you end it. <laughs> oh, oh that's a good one. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Wow. Okay. Well done. God, you. you must be studying game film, Eric. 